everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 381. He checks the list. Yes, 381. We record on December 30th, 2015. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Malvantano. I'm Mari Tattleman. And that's, I'm Sebastian P. That's you. That's and you. A part that took and way a more concentration than I was expecting. I was, I was honestly, I, I had <laughs> totally planned to, like, let's go over what order we're going to go in before Ken? I started the show. And we didn't do it. And I was like, ooh, I wonder how this is going to I was going to put Alan last. You need to put, like, the musical <laughs> sting from, like, the surprise squirrel thing, like, when, Seba- when you cut to Sebastian in post. Bum, 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 <laughs> da, da, da. Just like. So, uh, or just cut the silence. Yeah. Nope. And we already did that. When, yeah, that you, when we put you on the screen, it was like three or four seconds of silence. That uh, awkward dead air, I'm good at that. So I've already had one complaint from somebody on Twitter about, oh, God, I can't believe we're going to have that many people on the on the show. It's so difficult to tell their voices apart on the audio version. Really? Yeah, like when it's, right. when it's audio only, you got seven people and sometimes you talk over each other. So uh, I'm going to institute a rule that we all pick a foreign language <laughs> accent. <laughs> right? And... You will use that for the remainder so that it's very easy to tell, you know, when Josh does an Indian person and Alan does... The same Indian person? The same Indian yes. person. <laughs> it's uh, North and South India. You should be able to tell yes. the right. Yeah, like you've got the New Delhi and you have the Old Delhi. Is it possible that wow. this could be offensive to I mean, certain it's, groups? It's probably not possible. It's probably likely. Okay. It's um, the end of the year. We're burning it all down. That's right. This is the last podcast ever. Yeah. For 2015, at least. I'm saying at least for, from us. Um, so the reason we have all these people on today is we're going to talk about like best hardware of the year, uh, and so we wanted to have as many people on as possible, so we have as as wide a range of opinions on this hardware as we can as we go through. Um, the, the chat just nailed that man. They said I look like. Uh, how do you say that guy's name? Nico Bellic from GTA 4. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm rocking that look right now. <laughs> you always right down to wear the, track the jogging suit. Nico it's is awesome. an interesting character because he starts out the game by saying he doesn't want to kill anybody and then immediately <laughs> then murders <laughs> hundreds of people throughout the course of said game. Um, it makes me a little nervous. Uh, but we'll move on. Uh, so welcome to the show, everybody. We do record this show on the internet, live on the internet, at pcper.com slash live uh, on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you need a reminder, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe. You get this little page here, uh, which asks for your name and your email address, and we send you a little notification that says, hey, we're going to record a show probably at some point around the time we said we would start it. Uh, and so we'll do that. This is actually going to be more important in the coming week as uh, we will be covering CES. Um, so you'll get podcasts at least three or four in a row on each day. And we'll be recording them at night. We're going to try to live stream them depending on our available bandwidth. We've never stayed at the Mirage Hotel before. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. Um, the gigabit, might be, gigabit everywhere. I'm sure yeah. it's gigabit everywhere. It might be way, way worse. <laughs> it might. It's, pro- it it's definitely going be. to be probably way, way worse. Be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we may do one on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, or maybe just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll see how it goes. But we don't know what time it will be. It would depend on what time we get back from meetings and shows and stuff like that. So yep. you want to subscribe to that mailing list. I'll give you as much of a head start as we can. It'll probably be like 30 minutes or something like that before we actually start recording live um, for the podcasts that evening. So 
we'll talk about CES uh, next week. Once we actually get to Vegas, we'll do our predictions and expectations show at some point in the future. Uh, but for now, we want to touch base on at least a couple of uh, topics here. And we're going to go over a couple of reviews and news items, handful of news items, relatively quickly, just because we want to get to the, the best of hardware show. Want to get to the meat. And because we also started late as it was. But um, let's talk to Sebastian about the EK XLC Predator 240 liquid CPU cooler. This is – so it's kind of an all-in-one CPU cooler, but it's a newcomer into this particular segment of the market, right? This, they haven't done like an all-in-one kit like this before? I don't believe so. And on their website, they have the Predator 240, which is – 240 millimeters, and they have a 360. As I turn to mush mosaic, uh, it's all right. and both of these are meant to be all-in-one CPU coolers right out of the box and are expandable. These use off-the-shelf water cooling parts. So I kind of went through EKWB's site, and I looked at different components that they sell, and the, the actual CPU block is the part that they sell, and all the, the hoses, everything is standard. So if you want to change anything on this, you can. Huh. With standard parts, standard fittings, it's pre-filled, and it's ready to go. So that's how I tested it. So I, I just connected this to my test system with an i5-6600K. And it and, immediately burst into flames because they filled it with kerosene. But after I refilled it with coolant, <laughs> I noticed some better results. They don't, when you hit the T-junction immediately and your system shuts down, I think there might be a problem. Yeah. Did not happen with this. If you're watching the stream, you're seeing this monstrous thing. This is 68 millimeters thick. It's by far the biggest overall 240 millimeter rad yeah. you're ever going to see one of these all-in-ones because the rad itself is in there, but it's surrounded by a metal frame. Hmm. There's a, a pump uh, assembly attached to the end of it. So it's huge. There are going to be issues with some cases. If you don't have a lot of space, if you don't have at least space for like a 280 or a 360, you're not going to have space for this. Mm. I mean, because Ken and I ran into an issue with even like, what is it, the H100 on a a Corsair case. It's like a 400R, I think. 300R. I think Maybe. it was a three. It was a 300R. I think it was what it was. Oh, like one of their smaller mid-dollar yeah. budget cases. And we couldn't fit an H100 GTX on it because it's like a double thick, isn't it? No, it's single thickness. Oh, is it really? No. You just couldn't mount to the top. There you are, mount people to have encountered problems. Hmm. The H105 is one that people have encountered problems with because they went with a much thicker radiator with that. It's the same 38 millimeter thickness as this. Yeah. But this is in a, like a 68 millimeter shroud with the fans, so it becomes even more cumbersome. So, do you, I mean, were you impressed with the build quality of it? It looks, when we had it in here, it looked high quality. It felt oh, yeah. high it's quality. super, super strong. Like, that metal frame around it, it completely surrounds the entire radiator and fan assembly. I'll admit, I inadvertently tested the durability <laughs> of this unit yeah. with a fall off of the dining room table that you're looking at in these high-quality photos. And uh, I dented my floor. And completely, un, like, this thing looks brand new. It worked perfectly the same as before. Like, it's 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 built like a tank, is what I That's said in nice. the review. It really is. It's super strong. You could, you could easily kill not just one, but several people <laughs> with this unit. And then use it to cool afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And the fans, they're, they're using, um, I think they go up to t- 2,000 or 2,200 
RPM, but they are very quiet by default. It has its own fan controller built in. Everything plugs into itself. So down at the bottom where you have... It's like uh, Ouroboros, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sebastian, if I'm not mistaken, those uh, Vardar fans were specially built by EK for uh, water cooling, for radiator cooling, basically. Yeah, they're high so, uh, static pressure fans, and they, they say these are a special Predator version for these all-in-one units. I don't know if that means they're they're just tuning them a little bit slow for noise. Right. But these things never really spun up. I mean, I wasn't even, I don't think I was over 1,000 or 1,200 at the most. What would you say, how would you say, like, the installation experience was? Was it good? Pretty straightforward? It's not, okay, it's straightforward, but it's unusual. Because I don't think there's another all-in-one on the market that's going to require you to take a Torx 20 key and take the retention mechanism off of your LGA 1151 socket. Mm, you have to no. do this to take the metal Come on, it's, it's not unusual. But and I've never done this before, so I'm, I'm yeah. taking the Torx screws out and desperately trying not to drop them on the LGA pins. and Yeah, that looks kind of like a dangerous operation yeah, there. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised they made you do that because uh, most of the other, even most of the other um, DIY uh, water coolers, they don't make you take the mounting plate off like that. Um, it's hmm. unusual that, that they would do that. Well, you know, I could have misunderstood the instructions. It may have said, it, under no circumstances, do not. <laughs> and I said, oh, so remove the LGA. Okay. So, and I deleted the CPU, I removed the LGA socket, and yeah, sure. held it in place with duct tape. Are those screws uh, spring-loaded also? They are. Like, they okay. are spring-loaded. In light of some of the news about Skylake processors possibly bending... Yeah, we'll have to apply a lot of pressure on this one. Yeah, you're not going to have any large leverage coming off a water block to, like, you know, once it is connected. It's not right. very heavy. Yeah. Well, it is, yeah. it's heavy, but it's not, like, heavy. Those, those hoses out. are real thick, though. Yeah, wow. depend, that's, that's the one thing that I've seen on, on my systems is that the hoses, depending on how thick they are and how much they're actually, how pliable they are, they will, even if you torque down a, uh, the block, they sometimes will create gaps. So... Mm. Hey, have you ever replaced a heater hose in a car? Yes. Because that's exactly what these were like. These are like automotive-grade hoses. Hmm. But anyway, I got it all together. So what's performance like then? Uh, very, very high. Uh, so the, the best performing cooler I've ever tested is kind of a tie between if you take the H100 GTX in this category of the 240s okay. and put it in its performance mode, which is really, really loud. It about matches a Corsair H105. Okay. At stock speeds, this was coming in just behind that, and I thought that was a little odd. But with every increase, I got better performance out of it. So under load, it was pretty good. Under stress, it was better. When I increased the CPU speed, then I got an even better result. I actually beat the H105. At, an, at a stress, like a stress Prime 95 run with the uh, 6600K overclock. This overclock is only 400 uh, megahertz. So right. I'm in looking at this, and I had set up a 4.3 as an easy-to-achieve overclock for this particular CPU for some of the lower-end coolers that I have to test. Mm-hmm. I'm going back. There will be an update fairly soon with results a 4.7 gigahertz overclock at 1.425 volts, nice. which was pushing 
over 90 degree temps on the coolers that I was testing so far. I have not tried the Predator yet, but the trajectory that it was that was going when I was running stress tests, it got better the higher the stress level, basically. The higher the temps, it tended to uh, dissipate heat more effectively than the other 240s that I tested. And at very low noise levels, the only quieter cooler was really the H100i on quiet mode and a Noctua, which was almost silent. Meanwhile, you look at the H100 in its performance mode, it's, it's, it's definitely higher. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's, it's it's like what three? significantly higher. It only shows yeah. three decibels difference on the charts. Three mm-hmm. decibels is huge, especially if you're like the the pump itself on the H100i is pretty loud. Yeah, and it's and the H105 is really loud too. All right, so finish up. What's the price here, and what's your kind of takeaway? It's two hundred dollars if you pay full price, which so is high. Steep. It's by far the highest yeah. of the all in ones in this kind of this category. I think that it's $80 more expensive than the next one. Uh, what you're getting for this is a combination of off-the-shelf parts that would cost just over that. And it's pre-built, it's ready to go. It performs extremely well. It's very quiet. If you have the space for it, and if you're not afraid of spending $200 on a cooler, or if you want the future flexibility, or if you wanted to maybe add a GPU into the loop later, right. I think it has the overhead for that. Huh. Um, so it's... It's extremely well made. I was very impressed with it. Uh, you'll you'll notice that in the review. Uh, every aspect of it I liked, except for the size and the price, basically will be off-putting for some people. Cool. For most and people. And the whole socket thing. And there's the whole installation thing. So those were the, the kind of weaknesses that I pointed out. The strengths are basically everything else. Extremely high performance, low noise. But you pay for it. Indeed. So uh, check out that full review. It is at PCPer.com. This, again, was the, uh, as he scrolls back up to the top, the EKXLC Predator 240 Liquid CPU Cooler. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, Lee posted a review of a Silverstone Strider Platinum Series power supply, if you guys are interested in this. Um, Platinum Series, Platinum, 80-plus Platinum power supplies are becoming more popular there's they're still pretty expensive but they are getting a little bit better in terms of affordability these are the most efficient power supplies you can get i think that's uh is that 94 percent well there's there's one above it now but that's only the 1600 watt is there one above platinum it's like titanium i think diamond class i don't i don't remember it's one of those two i don't remember yeah it's uh, available in 550, 650, and 750. We reviewed the 750-watt model, fully modular. Um, Lee definitely liked this one. I want to go back and, and to the end here. I do want to see the price on this. Um, it's fairly small in terms of compactness, though. You can tell there from that shot. Uh, it's not going to take up a whole lot of space. Uh, so 750-watt, $144. So not actually as expensive as I had expected it to be. And if you want to get the 550-watt platinum, uh, it's 109 Um that's so not bad. 550 watts is enough for just about everybody. Like building a yeah. Skylake machine with a mid-range to high-end GPU. I mean, agreed. Yep. Unless you're shoving a bunch of hard drives. In yeah. I uh, did get a gold award. Um, so yeah, 750. Good. Good. A, a good nod here from from Lee on this. If you are interested in a in a high quality power supply to uh, keep all your goods running. So again, check that out. That's the Silverstone Strider Platinum Series 750. Uh, and then also, I posted a review just this morning of the ASUS MG. I guess it was this afternoon. ASUS MG 278Q. This is a uh, 2560 by 1440 27 inch TN monitor that has FreeSync support, 144 hertz maximum refresh rate. Um, the FreeSync range 
uh, as tested was 42 hertz to 144 hertz. Okay. But since AMD released that Crimson driver that adds support for low frame rate compensation, mm-hmm. you actually get similar to what G-Sync has always done. Yeah. Uh, below that minimum refresh capability of the panel, they do frame doubling, yep. and they're able to maintain a smooth, tear-free gaming experience below the 42 frames per second. Do they go even to get there? Do we know like do they triple? And do they quadruple? Like, they do. They, do. they okay. they don't triple, they quadruple. Oh, so they double, double and then they quad. quadruple? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but it, for whatever reason... That when, covers you basically down to I mean, I mean, as low as you could ever really need to go. Yeah. Because um, yeah. you go from 42 to 22 to 21 to uh, 10. Yeah, you get into right? the teens. You get into and 10, that's... Yeah, you're, you're not your gaming. You're not doing anything um, down there. It's surprising to me. Like, AMD is very cagey about how their technology works and, and what... It, like, when I said, so you're doing frame doubling, he's like, well, uh, we, you know, we're doing something. Da, da, da. I was like, look... It just draws it again. Like we figured this does. shit out. Like we're told, we told you how to do it. Yes. <laughs> so please don't BS us about what it's doing now. We were the ones hoping you guys would do this. Yeah. From so the, yeah. The end result is, is it does do that. Um, the monitor itself, as we have seen on, on most of the ASUS recent gaming monitors, is well built. Uh, it has a matte f- coloration and bezel to it, so you don't have to worry about that. The screen itself is fairly matte. Uh, there's no high gloss to it, um, which actually had somebody in the comments on this review ask for a gloss screen. I, everybody's got their own opinions, I guess, but these screens is wrong. These screens generally get way bright enough. Like the people that want gloss usually want it so they can get a crisper, like brighter right. picture. Yeah. These usually are turning the backlight down. Like, yeah, just I to can be see. I can see the potential benefit on a notebook. Right. Limited backlight, that type of thing. Battery yeah, life. No, the, these get like almost daylight when yeah. you crank them all the way up so you just don't need to uh you know it, it's got your your like i said 144 hertz 2560 by 1440 kind this of is, your this typical is, high-end gaming monitor at this point this is basically a original swift just in FreeSync. correct it's a it's now essentially consider the an rog rate. swift like the the equivalent in the g-sync world would yeah. be the original rog swift the build yep. is very similar the case yeah. is very similar to the original swift which yep. is a great thing it's yeah. got has that ugly stand still it, yeah, if you don't like the stand, you're not going to like the stand. But the ring doesn't light up on this one. Oh, okay, well, just, okay. that's a step in the right direction. It's, it's just painted red. It doesn't actually light up. I totally turned that off on mine. Yeah, I, can, I would totally understand that. Like, immediately that. turn that yeah. off, yeah. Um, you can see one of the advantages of FreeSync monitors currently is that you get more input options. So this has uh, DVI, two HDMI, and a display port. Uh, only the display port supports FreeSync, variable refresh. Okay. Uh, but it's nice to have the other options, right? It's just, it's just nice to be able to hook up other things or I think, whatever. I think it's the first time I've seen DVI also on a FreeSync. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why it couldn't. Right. If you can have HDMI, you know, whatever, it, it might even convert it internally. Uh, I guess, I don't know, is that DVI-D? Probably. I would hope so. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The on-screen display works great. You've got plenty of options and stuff there. Um no issues. The overdrive works pretty well. It's still not as good as what we've seen on some of the G-Sync monitors. Yeah. It's, we still believe that the overdrive is not being... It's like a non-linear... Driven in time with a variable refresh. Yeah. It's not that it's in time. It's just that it has to alter how much overdrive it does depending... Based on the based refresh on rate. The right. refresh and, rate and, and they seem to just have found a middle ground that works pretty well at low yeah. refresh rates and at high refresh rates. Yep. And you can see the comparison here. Like Asus calls this trace-free technology. Um, you know, at zero, you get a lot of ghosting on the left hand. On the At a setting of 100, you get a lot of inverse ghosting uh, with the huge black marks behind it. And in the middle, at 60, you get, 
you still you can still see some of the blade behind it, um, but it's it's pretty it's pretty minimal, and that's kind of like yeah. worst case because we're looking at high contrast white blade, very very dark color background. The the thing you end up seeing sometimes on like FreeSync panels specifically is you might see kind of like an outline around the ghost, like the uh, ghost is not so much there, but like kind of the border of it is. Yeah. So yeah, if you look at this picture close up, you might see some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not as distracting as like as if overdriving. It just wasn't working. Which is like, what we saw in, in the first handful of Initially, yeah. 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 Uh, out of the box, this is not a well-calibrated monitor. Um, that's a lot of red Ooh, wow. in that, uh, which is bad. Uh, but if you use the calibration, you yeah. get, get a an actual good. really yeah. good screen. It's a TN monitor. You're not going to get perfect out of it. Um, and again, this is straight on viewing angle, but that's calibrated. And if you don't have the software or hardware to go through calibration, um, we supply you like right here where the profile is. Oops. Where the profile is. You can see that and uh, you can download that and apply it on Windows yep. yourself. It's and that ICC. gets you most of the way there. Yeah, it yeah. gets you pretty much all the way there, except for whatever variations from panel to panel. Right. The manufacturer. But like, yeah, a viewing- lot of these are coming with just like no, like yeah. they're totally not calibrated yeah. at all. And in many, many times it's not like that the, panel is just like like just the wrong on color or something it's just that like it has too much range right well yeah and we, know, we've seen that on laptop displays phone displays yeah. as well uh it's not an uncommon thing um the viewing angles it's a tn screen they're not great right like this is the straight on center one and what you can notice here is that even straight on yeah. if you look at the top of the screen and the bottom of the screen you see some inversion Mm-hmm. Already, right? You're going to see some color shift in it. Um, this is from the bottom, Whoa. <laughs> nearly 100% inversion. This is from the top, okay. Uh, and then from the side, it's all right as well. Uh, this it, this is probably not one of the better TN panels we've seen recently. No. Um, but there it is, right? Like I would say they're pretty much mostly the same, though. Like the Swift looked was like, like that. that too. Yeah. It's been a while Swift. since I've looked at. Yeah. Individual ROG switch. Yeah, it would so. totally change from like inverse to like you know two different kinds of inversion, higher or lower than the center. Yeah, when looking at when it, looking at straight on. Uh, from a gaming side of it, like it's hard to notice that when you're gaming, right? That type of color yeah. shift. Yeah, you're not really paying attention. If to you're that. doing uh, color specific work, you're doing Photoshop, you're doing video editing, you're doing any kind of thing that really depends on color correctness, yep. or um, you don't want to do that. Or like an orange solid color background. That's yes. like horrible because it literally yeah. changes different. Which is like the default Windows eight point one. You can't use yeah. this one. <laughs> no orange yeah. backgrounds. Yeah, there was one of those Windows backgrounds with the orange little like triangle. The default Windows eight point one is a bright orange background. Yep. So and that looks horrible on TN. Uh, but for gaming wise, like I played some, I played some games on it. It worked fantastic, uh, exactly as you would expect. Um, the best part about this monitor is that it's for sale for three hundred ninety nine dollars today. It's like um, half the price of a Swift. Yeah, so the Swift is actually hard to find again because it's just not. It's just older. They, yeah. it, it seems like they maybe put that out to pasture. Uh, when you can find it, I think I found it. Uh, what did I say? In the five hundred plus range, right now you're looking at five seventy nine, something like that. Yeah. And most of the time you're finding open box. You're but that, but that was a seven ninety nine. It panel. was. Yeah, yeah. At one point. And this is a three ninety nine panel. Correct. And it's the same panel. Yeah, but even <laughs> even if you look at it today. I'm trying to think, like, even the... I think I have an Acer listed in here as well um, that's at least 550 bucks. So you're looking at $150 yeah. to $200 difference between the equivalent <laughs> G-Sync monitor even and today. the FreeSync monitor yeah. today. Um, so, that I mean, that says a lot, right? And so this is... 
399 is a lot for a monitor, but considering it's 144 hertz, 25 by 14, and yeah. you get variable refresh, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and if we, you put the color shifting aside, this is actually a faster response than, than an, an IPS, IPS panel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we are in a privileged position to get to see a bunch of these displays. Most people don't have that yep. uh, that capability. And I've also been privileged to say, like, well, I want to use an IPS monitor, so there's one here, and I'm going to use that. And if, if given the choice, obviously you're going to pick the IPS option. If you are Twitch kind of first-person shooter, high if frame rate. If you're playing your CSGO at 144 hertz, yes. you want the TN. You want the TN. I don't know, man. You like, know, to me, the trade-off that's is the thing. not worth it. You can notice the difference in... Ken's, yeah, I believe Ken I'm said. sure you can, but you can notice the difference in every other aspect of using a monitor between a TN and an IPS. I guess, but I would say, like, I would argue if you're gaming at like around 85, like it's between 70 and 90 FPS, yeah, on those panels, yeah, it's very hard to tell the latency difference between IPS and TN. Sure, but when you're at the really high end and you're doing games where you really are just like, just kind of doing sure. really quick twitch movements of the mouse. Yeah. Then you notice. So, also worth noting is that this monitor at three ninety nine is about two hundred dollars less than ASUS's own MG two seven nine Q, which is the IPS equivalent. Yep. IPS one hundred forty four hertz display. You know, you're, so you're gonna you suffer on color quality, but you gain on response time, and you're also saving two hundred dollars if you go with this display. So that's an option. And even if you compare it to the Acer equivalent, which is a TN one forty four hertz FreeSync twenty five by fourteen twenty seven inch all the relevant specs. This is still about $70 less than that Acer display. Um, so the Asus monitor is a good deal. It's a good product uh, if this is specifically what you're looking for, right? And if you value the speed uh, and cost benefits more than the color accuracy benefits of, of IPS. So um, check out that review if you want to read more on it. That is the MG278Q display. Uh, and we're going to move on through more stuff because trying to get there. Moving through. Um, Sebastian, anything interesting about Intel adding a new processor or two to the Broadwell Skylake lineup? Not really. I mean, you can- two, of, two of these are <laughs> desktop processors. The rest are mobile. I see. They're just, and they're kind of lower power. Like the ones I was looking at had maybe like a meg less cache. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the actual application of these are just yet. Some Probably of these like seem OEM. incredibly specific. Like the Core i3-6098P. Like, it's not even... It's like they had an OEM who wanted to buy a certain number of them. I guess. <laughs> so they made it a thing. Like, the the 5200DU kind of makes sense, but, like, the 6198DU is like, well, The 64... And the, the D is kind of a new thing. Like, What's that CPU for? world didn't really know what it meant. Ah, uh, okay. The U, we know what that is. It means DU, it's kind of a, a new product. The P, obviously, we know those are the processors without onboard graphics. Yeah, because, you know, Sebastian, he likes having the D. In his product name, I'm not opposed to the D. <laughs> and in his computer, process. you are not opposed to the D. Right, right, right. Yes, sixty-four hundred two, P, or the D. We don't know. It's not it's just the D and the P put together something else. So that'll be random, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay more for those ones, Ken. Uh, okay. <laughs> so maybe we'll just move on from that story. <laughs> <laughs> so new processors. Oh, thanks, Ken. Uh, Plexter at CES 2016 will be introducing the company's first NVMe SSD, the M8PE, lowercase e, I guess to go with the NVMe lowercase e. Which is probably going to be just like a Marvel NVMe. 
But look at that controller. It's, it's pretty good looking SSD. Look at that. Oh, don't get me wrong. Listen, their last one, the M6E Black, like that was pretty. Oh, that's right. That's the, okay. Right? Yeah, that's what that, that was. was. That was yeah. nice looking. You think that has a? You think that's transparent and has an LED in there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I hope so. And I hope cool. it runs back and forth. I'm yeah. hoping. I'm hoping I got rid of the SATA power connector that did nothing. <laughs> it looks um, like there's a cutout for one. There is there, a cutout. So. It's probably still there. <laughs> um, I, I have a prediction about this at CES. You guys are going to see this in an ASUS system. Yeah. Okay, just to match. Yeah, it does yeah. look like. I that. will know. Uh, but, I think. Wait, doesn't Asus? Aren't they trying to make their own SSDs? Yeah, I will know that answer on Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is an RG looking SSD. It so, is. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think about the twenty two hundred seventy thousand IOPS read? One hundred fifty IOPS. Did you just say two hundred seventy thousand IOPS read? Yeah. Oh, okay. Two hundred seventy thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one hundred fifty thousand IOPS write. Four K uh, random. Okay. I mean, it probably slows down a little when it's full. I mean, is, is that know. on on par with what we've seen with the 950s? Yeah, 950 Pro's rating is 300,000. Right. The drive itself is in an M.2 form factor Yeah, um, with uh, essentially a PCI adapter. That I wonder if they're going to do the silly thing where their warranty sticker doesn't let you open it to take the M.2 SSD and put it in on your motherboard directly. What is Plex Turbo RAM caching? It's uh, just... That's it. It's no. just like a software layer that they run. It's like the um, what's Plex Vault? Samsung. The Samsung. Well, so here's the thing. That's funny. Samsung's uh, RAM cache based thing that, that accelerates rapid. their SSD, their rapid, rapid yeah. does not work on their NVMe SSDs. Yeah. Uh, okay. The the Plexter stuff is like specifically for their. I mean, it there also works on SATA, but like it really started to come out to accelerate their PCIe stuff. Um, hmm. And the fact that it's going to accelerate an NVMe PCIe SSD, like that's pretty interesting also but it basically gives you like you know two four eight gig of ram whatever you know right you can set it um but it depends on how much you have in your system obviously but it goes up i think they keep increasing what the maximum it can do use as a buffer um i do want to point out my favorite comment uh on this story thus far is uh the i want to believe hashtag shroud is my constant there, <laughs> although he is incorrect in the twenty cent per gigabyte future, my prediction is still the ten cent per gigabyte future. By the yeah. that's the fantasy. So if I'm your the constant, constant, at least is not constant. At least no, it's always been ten cents. Uh, always goal, in motion like, is the SSD future. Uh, what was it? September, August, or something like that. I said ten cents per gig by the end of twenty sixteen. We'll get there. Alan disagrees with me, but when I'm right, yeah, because like, eventually we will. Well, get like there. hard drives are at like three. Well, you will, but it'll be a data. I don't care who it is. I don't. I did never said it'd be the fastest SSD at ten cents per gigabyte. X twenty five M ten cents per gigabyte. That's right. <laughs> Not even a G two. Um, cheapest drive in the West. Eight bucks. <laughs> We're doing it. Uh, now it would Scott, have to be eight bucks. Yeah. Scott is not on the podcast, but uh, he wrote this up. Tessellation export. Tessellation support added for Intel's open source Linux driver. I don't pretend to know. Does their Windows driver support tessellation? I, I didn't think it did. I mean, if you if you support DX eleven and twelve, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to have some support for tessellation. It's just a matter of how accelerated it is, right? Yeah. Nvidia has tessellation support. AMD has tessellation but it's support. It's different layer. But Nvidia is faster. Yeah, it's different levels right? of it. You and just have to support speeds. it. Yeah. And then you know, it's, it's up like to in you. software. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Software tessellation. It's running on the CPU. <laughs> Apparently, a yeah. patch was committed yesterday that will expand it to Ivy Bridge and Haswell. So, yeah, uh, Broadwell was just a little while ago. Okay. So there okay. you go. The only reason I really wanted to put this in here, other than uh, a Scott pointing out, is like this was like a contentious. Like, there's a lot of comments on this. Like, people are interested in what this means and and all that. Like, they're 
there were way more comments on this type of story than I thought there would Why? be. Why? So. Like, it just uses tessellation. Like, I don't know. Because it's open source. It's, it's I don't know. I'm open if they do the not have hardware in the graphics processor for tessellation, there's going to be some real interesting gymnastics going on to get that information into the GPU, into the pipeline. Well, yeah. Because if you think how AMD does it and NVIDIA does it, and if, Inv- and if in- Intel has not supported it until recently in these, yeah. then how is it doing that? Because It's probably a huge you- performance hit. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's probably just a maybe huge... Maybe somebody should test it. Well, yeah. But, but I don't know for sure that they don't have tessellation hardware capability in there. Now, is this just for Linux or is the Windows as well? The that's, assumption that's is that I'm Windows has had it. On mm, Windows, yeah. Intel is far ahead, pushing OpenGL 4.4 for Skylake-based graphics. Okay, um, then then they obviously have some kind of hardware in the GPU. Otherwise, it would be a really bad idea to use the CPU to do something. <laughs> <laughs> really bad idea. We're going to stop this workload. We're going to transfer it over to the CPU. We're going to yeah. wait a while. I would yeah. imagine they would We're going to do some tessellation shaders. it's going to come back. We're going to wait so for it to go. So your 0.5 frames per second tessellated is going to look really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else happened? Transcend is apparently, I don't know if this is a CES announcement as well, um, set like to it? run MLC Flash in SLC mode for a super MSLC, super, M- super, super MLC speed boost. Yeah. Uh, and this is something we've seen uh, to some degree in a previous drive. Yeah, Micron M600. Yes. Had okay. uh, dynamic right acceleration or something or another, some name that, you know, snazzy name that they assigned to it. Right. But that was the drive that started out with most of the dies in SLC mode, and then as you filled it, it would go, Converted oh, crap, I'm almost, out of, I'm almost out of flash, because it only had, like, half the capacity of its rated capacity out of the box. Oh, and then, right. Like, but then it would have to, like play musical chairs with the dies and like ship stuff empty one and like then flip it because you can only flip a die from mlc to slc and vice versa like okay. one at a time right so you basically had to empty a die then flip it then you could start using it again Cut, then move it again and back. because of that that m600 was inconsistent it was like crazy it would just like go fast slow fast slow like on your right speeds they would right. just be all over the place now was that only a portion of that drive that did that no it was every die on the drive could do it okay so what's unique about what they're doing here transcend transcend here. is just going to buy probably those types of dies mm-hmm. except they're just going to program them out of the box to be all in slc mode and they're never going to switch it okay so the drive will have half the capacity of its flash content. So they will advertise it as... Half the capacity of okay. whatever of, okay. or whatever amount of flash is present, right? So they have to buy twice the flash. Hmm. It's faster. It's like four times faster on writes. And it has more endurance sure. than regular MLC because the, the bits don't have this really narrow band right. for it to try to read from that they're going to drift out of, right? So you get more endurance. You get, you know, it's basically, it's basically SLC flash, but it's not produced as slc flash it's produced as flash that can go either way yeah um and i mean it's it's probably not going to be slc pricing it's probably going to be less than slc pricing but it's obviously going to cost like roughly twice of the mlc ssd price maybe minus a little because the controller doesn't cost twice as much but like all the other stuff costs twice as much right the stuff that matters stuff that's like most of the price for people like if you need faster rights you know, all those transcend enterprises. So here's what you can get out of this. You can get a planar MLC-equipped SSD, like non-3D stuff, right? You can get a planar NAND 
uh, SSD that was only a lot, it was like smaller capacities, like 128 or 250. Yeah. Or 256. And it would like saturate SATA on writes. You know how usually when you're like 120 gig drive, it's like for like the regular micron kind of drives, that's only like 150 meg per second right, or something? Because the die counts. Like so. this would saturate SATA with like 120 gig drive hmm. on writes. That's would basically it, would like. Would it your, double that at 240? Uh, well, it couldn't because it's already saturating no, it. But that's like, the problem. Unless they put this on a different, like it was like a PCIe SSD, or it comes yeah. out so, in a different form factor. So, so you have this ver- and I mean, I'm guessing Transcend is just going with, you know, it's kind of a stopgap because not everybody else has 3D NAND yet. Because 3D NAND should go faster, right? For pretty much all the other companies as well. Maybe not as fast as Samsung's because theirs is more built for speed sure. initially. Um, but this is kind of a stopgap until like the other guys, you know, Intel, Micron, you know, SanDisk, everybody else, Toshiba has their equivalent 3D NAND that probably would go fast enough to where it's like a moot point. Yeah. Right. Um, but as it is right now, like you have this when this comes out versus like Samsung's 3D NAND, which is still wiping the floor with everybody. Really. Cause, sure. Cause like their TLC in 500 gig saturates SATA. Not SLC, they're TLC. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Um, they're MLC in, like, I think right around, like, the 128 gig, uh, like, 850 Pro can saturate SATA. To me, like, so. saturating SATA is pretty much useless at this point. Well, there's another advantage you would get for running MLC and SLC mode, and that is that the block size and the page size is half. So block and page size is like the musical chairs that have to be done when you do like continuous random writes. Mm-hmm. And the reason that random writes slow the SSD down is because the write size, like 4K, is smaller than a block by a lot. Right. right. Well, you cut that in half, so you could potentially double. Oh, I see. You would potentially like, in the end, you would double your steady state like random write. So the IOPS ratings of these could be significantly the, higher. Not just the IOPS, but like usually IOPS is like the fresh out of the box number, but like the, stead, the sustained random writes. After um, having been used or full or written. Yeah, it could be totally that. full okay. and you could just be beating the crap out of it and this would go like twice as fast, in theory, mm-hmm. as the, M- the equivalent MLC. To use a sports analogy, it's like when you read a scouting report on somebody and they're like quick or they're fast. They're two different things. Yeah. Yes. Like that. Acceleration make, versus top speed. That would make this quick. Horsepower versus torque. It would be quick and fast, actually. Exactly. But pricier. That's usually yeah, how it works, all, too. That's pick usually two. how it yeah. works, too. Yeah, it's three things. you got to pick triangle, two, right? Yes. Pick, pick any Would two. you take it yeah. in the first round of the 2016 NFL draft? Um, uh, yeah, I would definitely take... A um, Transcend SSD? MLC Flash Super MLC. Five, not Super MLC. A gig. <laughs> <laughs> if they if sell it for it, yeah. $0.10 cents a gig... I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, right. Can we just stop and appreciate that Sebastian is drinking light beer out of a can? Well, he's a dad now. Can? He has to. Right? Wait, that's, uh, that's, that's Ryan a, does that sometimes. That's a dad I drink thing. a lot of light beer. It's a dad thing. Is it really? It must be. <laughs> wait, wait, even wait, more wait. embarrassing. What makes, what's a dad? My wife brought that these home for me. <laughs> I didn't even go out and buy this beer myself. Just like, oh, there's a six pack of beer in the fridge. Yep. It's oh just wait, like, wait, yeah. If you buy a six pack of beer, that seems more. That seems even more 
Yes. Like damning because because I know I'm not going to drink more than one or possibly two. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can buy six packs to of me, Miller Lite. To me, you're either buying a case, a 24 pack, yep. or you're buying like one. One. Yeah. Right. Like you're either at a bar and you're buying one, or you're buying a 24 pack of something. If you buy a six pack, you're saying. I'm freaking all this now. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's a, this is me for the rest of the night type of deal, right? Whereas a 24 pack, you don't make that assumption. Sometimes maybe you it don't? happens all day. It's us for the rest of the night with a 24 pack. Right. With 24 I would pack say the 24 pack, you're absolutely going for drinking as many beers as you no, can. No, 24 pack is I'm going to have a couple every night for uh, the next week or two. <laughs> now, right? I will like, admit, that's your party. light beer in a six pack is almost inexcusable. You need quantity. <laughs> yeah. If you were buying like a $12 microbrew, I can see just buying a six pack. But yeah. How much does a like six pack six of Miller Lite like, cost? I don't Probably know. $12. I'm going to guess $10. These, are, these are the tall cans. Yeah, they're the tall oh, cans. Okay. Okay. In my defense, this wine. is a 16 ounce so can. So they're 16s, yeah. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> all right. End of that. I want to talk about this damn motherboard. Uh, this is the Asus ROG Maximus 8 formula with EK hybrid liquid cooling. Look at this son of a... Uh, hey, Ryan, Ryan let yeah. me let you in a little secret. That's almost an exact duplicate of the uh, Z97 version. Well, you know. What does the Z97 version have a built-in EK water block? So uh, It has a built-in water block. <laughs> it's probably not much different. So I do want to point out one thing. Uh, this picture is a bad photo. Uh, show on the back because I had several people, but several people have said, "Why is this a cube thing?" Right? <laughs> just show on the back. Yeah, but, 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 that, that's, very, very but it's not very case. obvious that you're you, looking you at the back. You have to put some space between the yeah, two. There's like no uh, space between the two, and it looks like that. Well, you should one blow their mind and say it's, it's just, actually a tesseract. Yeah, yeah, you just screw it down to your motherboard. There's seven <laughs> sides to this thing, and this is and, a four-dimensional motherboard. Three, no, Josh, look. Clearly, it just sits a foot high off of the the back plane of your case. Yeah, exactly. You know, and this. Actually, set up for Sebastian's multi CPU because you see so you can put one on the front yes. and then in the interior you get to mount another Just one. Take that socket off and there you go. It's, I like that board wide. last week better. I mean, the more PCIe's, the better. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so here's that EK water block. It's got the fancy logo and everything. I think it looks cool. I love the like the little detail etching around uh, the center there, yeah, or around the on the block. I love the coloring. Um, my other favorite thing here. So here's an exploded view. I don't think we have a picture of it here. So that is only a VR water block. Did we link block, to their right? page on this? Uh, correct. Yeah. yeah, the source goes to okay. the. I want to, I want to go to their page because they they. And, and there is some... not a heat pipe that goes anywhere else and cools anything else. So this is. Not. Let's see. Let's hmm. scroll down here. So here it is. Next to a drive, it look good in it. It would. It You're would. All right. So the the by far what the. Should we, should we call that now? Like this will be the motherboard that that Plexer drive is installed. In? I don't know. It was about that feature. I don't. I found it on uh, Google. I don't know, Alan. I mean, it, it's gonna. It probably you'd toss up between that and the X ninety nine Rampage five. I would think. Okay. Because Rampage five is, would look really nice with that Plexer drive too. We'll start a poll. <laughs> Actually, go back in the. You can what? cheat. You can go back. You see us last year and see what motherboard they had. The <laughs> other one plugged into. Yeah, and I bet you it will be the same actual motherboard. Well, some of the, probably, but they've added some stuff to it. Like, did did last year's board have U.2 and M.2 on it? I don't remember U.2. No, no, I haven't no, seen any have. boards with U.2 actually in it. Usually, they have an M.2 to U.2 adapter. Yeah, it's got both. It's got a U.2 next to the SATA Express board. Oh, it does. It yeah, also there's has only a few boards a, that actually have that right now. I think it's MU MIMO. They're starting to put MU MIMO like two oh. by two cards in these with external antennas it comes with that and yeah, it also has 
RGB headers on it, which I don't think they had. That, last that's time. what Ryan's trying to well, find. Well, the, the, the MIMO, yeah. the MIMO is pretty common. Um, I what board was that that just had that? Oh, the uh, X ninety nine WS. How about I just click on that? E, app? I don't know. It's the X ninety nine. Here we go. The one from last week. Gene or something. Yeah, the wor- oh, the WSE. No, 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 actually, I'm no, actually, the one from last week. I have a uh, a uh, a mini ATX version of that. I'm testing right now that has. That has a uh, mini MIMO. Uh, I do find it odd that the thirteen hundred. So this this is the thing that I thought was really cool, and it's and it's kind of gimmicky, I, I will admit, but it's pretty neat. So like those RGB strips that you could buy on Amazon for fifteen dollars or whatever. Um, uh, they this motherboard has two headers on the board to install to plug these in to power these right. So you can see so you can just plug it in. So if you want to run those in your case, and then even better is like in the asus software you can control the color of those rgb led strips that's pretty cool in windows in that software yeah um and so like if you want to run a couple of these throughout the inside of your case really only need one like they come in like two meter 15 feet no Uh, the header supports a two meter header supports two meters so you get six feet of of times two ribbon times two that's more than enough for any case really that's like that's like a desk yeah case yeah um yeah so i think that's and it's just one of those things it's like Nobody had thought of before. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, that's a really good you, idea. You shouldn't have to have a five hundred dollars motherboard or whatever to do it. I agree. I agree. I would like to nice see feature. this. Like you look at the hardware on the board, and clearly, not a whole lot of money in there. You want to add five or ten bucks <laughs> little to, driver to a yeah. uh, hundred and sixty dollars board. I'm all on. Uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. The U.2 is just weird to me at this point because there's still only one SSD. Yeah, but who makes it? It's Intel. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can push okay, anything um, down your throat. It's not even that it's one SSD. It's like one version of the same SSD. But it's usually the cheaper in- version, if you look at 750 prices, significantly cheaper. Yeah, is, yeah. is it? Because there's less demand. The, the, the question oh. is about that U.2 is what, what is the board sacrificing to do that? Is it an external chipset? Is it Are they using an AS Media chipset? Or, or are they taking away... It can't be as media. It's PCIe. It's, it's only PCIe. PCIe. It's probably the M.2 slot they're sacrificing. Yeah, it's probably... Would, yeah, probably either or. It's yeah, probably M.2 or. or that. It's probably connected to the same... Because I believe it's four lanes of PCIe... Yeah. E3 yeah. or yep. either. Yeah. Okay, so it's not so okay, I I I was I'm sorry, I thought that U.2 was um would take one of these SATA Express ports or something. So. No, no. I mean, it has to take PCI Express lanes, so it has yes. to take lanes from something else. Yeah. Uh but in, only in the same way that a SATA Express connection would uh, yep. or anything like that, right? So, yeah. you have the same kind of restrictions, but um it's. I, I still find this whole com- compilation of stuff to be pretty impressive, design-wise, feature-wise. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like. Oh man, five hundred dollars is a lot. There's pulsing LED in that picture. Oh, look at it. Oh, on the chipset. Man. <laughs> oh, it. Hey, do, it does have an M.2 slot on it, though. If yeah, you look, the number is ten is an yeah. M.2 slot. It's got both. Wait, that's not the board number we're 10. looking at. Oh. No, that's not the board. What? No, it is. That is the board. It just doesn't have the shield thing. No, no look at look at the silk screen of it. It said Hero Alpha. You're uh, looking at the Hero yeah. Alpha. We're the Hero Alpha, the yeah, that was just announced last month. Oh. This is the formula. Hmm. Does it? Well, does the Hero Al- Does the formula still have the RGB things I was talking about? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, okay, it does. Good. The, the that, Hero that was Alpha. the upgrade to yeah. the Hero, which I think is the $500 one. This oh, formula has typically been a less expensive board. No, no, the Hero is a cheaper board usually, Sebastian. The, I'm completely the, uh, wrong. That, Thank that, you. Uh, yeah, that um, <laughs> formula board is usually the the high end board. 
Yeah, that thing's I thought the extreme was the expensive one. It's the hero extreme alpha. Actually, yeah, Ken, I thought you were right. I don't know. Super Street Fighter oh. 2 Alpha Extreme 4. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix. Special right. edition. Yeah. Special edition, yes. No, special championship that, edition. Do you notice that, that Mori looks like he's sitting in an oversized armchair with the blanket behind him? It does. <laughs> he, he's Mori in the big black chair. Yep. <clears throat> I'm the emperor. <laughs> Something like that. All right. So, okay, that ends our news and reviews section for today. Um, so now, instead of picks of the week, so now we're going to do picks of the week. We're going to do hardware of the year. Picks we're of the do year. Picks of the week for an hour and a half. <laughs> so, uh, so here's what we do. We kind of do this. There's no uh, rhyme or reason for this. We just kind of like, I don't know, throw out different. So, for example, GPU of 2015, the best graphics card, GPU, whatever you want to call it, uh, of the year. Um, and this is entirely subjective. Right, because some people get pissed if we pick a thousand dollar video card as the best card. Some people get pissed if we pick a two hundred dollar video card as the best video card. Um, so I will I, like the. And to be honest, with you, there weren't a whole lot of GPUs that came out this year. Right, right. You've got some rebrands. You've got the R nine three hundred series, which is mostly rebrands. I did put in the R nine three eighty as an option because that was not a rebrand. Right. Yes, it was the three eighty X. Three eighty X. Three eighty X. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to zoom your browser into just that section so we don't show off the next I one can. if you can. Just a thought. Hey, look at him scratch his monitor. So Spoilers. that's what we have on there. Now we can add and remove from this. So we got the Fury, Fury X, Fury Nano, all the furry parts. It's not a Fury Nano. If you will. Hey, look, Jeremy Hellstrom's in there. Hey, oh, oh, there he is. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're bouncing around, Jeremy. Well, what have we done? Uh, uh, 980 Ti came out this year. And Titan X came out this year, too. That was back in March. Uh, I looked up. So. So. <laughs> opening opinions, anybody? Uh, you know, the, the Fury year. cards were a technological jump due to the HPA. A first really mass-produced, sure. very complex uh, 2.5D <clears throat> interposer for 3D memory. It worked like advertised. I agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it has paved the way for <clears throat> the next five years in memory technology for GPUs that need high bandwidth, high performance, high end GPUs. Exactly, yeah. low latency, really wide interfaces, high bandwidth, and not eating a whole lot of power because with such a wide interface, you don't have to jack the cycles up, and so your memory controller can be smaller and more efficient because you don't have to communicate with the DDDR5 upcoming GDDR5X or 6, whatever they want to call it stuff, which requires a lot more circuitry to do that effectively. And so HBM is, is it's, it's, a, it's a big jump. And even though the Fury and Fury X did not have the performance jump that we were hoping over the competing NVIDIA products, it really is laying a lot of the groundwork for... I agree with that. Um, so... 
that's the AMD argument. The NVIDIA argument is the Titan. So the Titan X is a fantastic card. I don't think it can win. It's just it's expensive. It's a fantastic piece of technology. Yeah. Um, well, it was a thousand dollars. It's not any more fantastic than 980 Ti. Well, what I was going to say, it's a fantastic. I mean, it's got 12 gigs of memory on it. Sure. It's an impressive spec. The 980 Ti is impressive because it has almost identical level of gaming performance. Yeah. At three hundred fifty dollars less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dollars. That's the thing. <laughs> right. Um, Still got six megs, six gigs of memory, which is two gigs more than the Fury. That's true. It does. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so it has a a. a it, it's still, I think. Let's see. How do I argue? It's still the best performing video card. That's like, true. Consumer graphics card, right? If I take the Titan X out of it, because I don't, it's not really a consumer graphics card in, in the truest sense of the word. Nine ATI is probably still fashion the Fury X most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. Yeah. Um, but this is real boring if we just pick the highest performing part. Of exactly. I, I agree with that. It's not. It's not what's who's the fastest video card of 2015. Um, I think the 380X is probably out of this discussion because it is so derivative of everything else that exists yeah, over the past it's four right years. In the, it's right in the meat. The meat of of the the enthusiast who can afford you know a video card who's not looking at a sure. 400 to but it doesn't do anything new. Right? The, na- the Nano oh. was cool and just how dang tiny yeah. it I is. I think the Nano would the win if we were like, cool. what was the most technologically yeah. interesting right. GPU? Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing wrong with the Nano was the price. But yep. yeah. Well, it, but it's a niche of... card, so you're going to pay for it. Yeah. It is. The In the same way that the 980 Ti is. The thing wrong with the Fury X was the pump line. Uh, <laughs> the Fury X had some initial Apparently. launch issues. Well, then they got sued. You know, one thing that we have not really talked about is the R9 390. Just the regular R9 390. Still faster. It's as fast as an R9 290X. 8 gigs of memory. And you can pick them up for 280 bucks on sale. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you put that under price drops of the year. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a hard time giving GPU of the year to a to the 390 that has been around. Yeah, but it's it it is a new product in terms of is it different from the 290X? Yes, they have <laughs> Jones in the chat says a R9 more advanced process and and, and <laughs> redesign, but I it's agree. not yeah, it's it's not anything new. It's still a what a GCN 1.1. Yeah, yeah and I guess I don't yeah. this isn't newest card of 2015 either. I actually honestly when I when I look at these things the first one that jumps out to me is the Nano just because yeah. of how unique it is. I don't know if I can validate the price for it by giving it the it. award. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards the the base fury, like this base fury card that is it's full size GPU, uh, like full size video card. Like it doesn't have the integrated water cooler, doesn't have the nice small form factor of the Nano, um, but it offers very very close performance to the X. What's the price on the Fury? Uh, I don't know what it is now. I guess um, it's it's about five hundred and twenty five bucks, five thirty, five thirty five forty. So it's still not like cheap. No. I mean, like the 390X is still a four hundred twenty-nine dollar. Yeah, five thirty-nine is where we're at for a Fury. So I mean, that's a yep. hundred and something dollars less than a 980 Ti, though, right? Um, yeah, but it's probably about proportional to it on uh, price uh, performance. Fury's pretty close to the Fury X. 
Really? And if you're ex- what, like it's 10, like ten percent, twelve percent, something like that. Like okay. it's pretty good. So maybe it's a little better yeah. cost per like performance. performance per dollar. It's going to be it's probably the best probably one. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that because of the new technology in the Fury X, that was the most compelling story of the summer as far as video cards. That is we true. Were, this was kind of a boring year because we're stuck on twenty-eight nanometer for another year. You have iterative products or even rebrands. Of course, NVIDIA did their thing. They came out with the 980, and then they had the Titan X, and you have the 980 Ti right in between them. Mm-hmm. And that's just what they do. But here's AMD taking a different approach, high bandwidth memory. It was really interesting, and the Fury X, to me, was the most interesting product of the year. The Nano was cool and weird as basically a Fury X with an air cooler on it that right. was only six inches. But... I thought the Fury X was kind of the card of the year, but if you were actually going out to buy a card right now and somebody gave you 700 bucks and said, you have to spend it on a video card, you can't spend any, any right. more, you can spend less, I mean, what would you buy for yourself? I don't know that I'd buy a Fury X. 980 Ti is what I would get. Yeah. And you can find them for under 700 bucks easily. Yeah. Fury X, you've got to make the commitment to you know the fan and yeah. the, the water cooler. So I can kind of see the Fury, but the Fury has lower performance than the TI still beats the Fury X. So I don't know. It's it's when you can sp- if you can spend $700 on a video card, I don't know why you'd buy anything but a TI unless you had a need for an AMD GPU or just preferred it. Yeah, or so you're get, trying to get build the Fury X and a $200 SSD, which is like 1 terabyte anymore. If you have $7 to spend on a Graphics card, you already have a decent SSD, I bet. Well, and I think his argument was predicated on you have to spend that on a GPU, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, if you start pricing out, we could get into the price performance yeah. battle and it never ends. Like, you could just benchmark every one of these cards with every CPU and just do it for months and months. No, 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 don't say that. No, but <laughs> don't say that out loud. I've done this <laughs> and I spent six months of my life doing this, but it's. If you can spend a chunk of money on a GPU in 2015, what's the best GPU? Maybe the picture would be the video that they made about the 970. You know, uh, that guy. Yeah, 970 <laughs> card of the year. 3.5 gig. 970 980 came out in 2014. We did ah. check just to double check. Oh, dang it! Oh. Dang it! I don't know. I kind of think it has to be one of the AMD cards from the Fury. Yeah, the VG cards. It, it, just look at the die for, like, look like at the, the interposer, and the, it just looks so awesome. Just forget about the pump line and just and, call and, it the Fury X. F- F- like AMD finally I mean, made a flagship card that's built really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean that the pump line was fixed. That was that was probably a, a different issue. It was kind of out of their hands. Those the coolers they were sourcing were, yeah. but that, that's a whole other thing. But like, it's it's a very nice design card. We've never seen a flagship card from AMD that you actually like the. Industrial designer felt like it's seven hundred dollar product. Yeah, I mean that was the Fury X. And look how yeah. small that PCB is. It, it, to me, it's to me, technologically, the Fury cards are more interesting than yep. what the nine ATI brought to the table. And I think um, of them, the Fury X is probably the. I would say yes that. because the Nano sacrifices perform so mm-hmm. much performance for the yep. same price as the Fury X. Yeah, and I will say yes because Alan agrees with me. Oh, okay. Uh, and I also kind of think that, like, Ken is right in that, hey, look, AMD made a, a, a good product. They did something technologically that mm-hmm. NVIDIA hadn't done yet. And I also think it's like, hey, they were not competitive in the high-end, like the ultra-high-end space of GPUs for a very long time that before the Fury X came yeah. out. Um, 
If, if you look at 2014 AMD's high-end lineup and 2015 AMD's high-end lineup, they really stepped up. Yeah. The, these, these are the parts Under Undermine says in the chat, and I kind of agree with them, Fury X is card of the year. It's just not the best card to buy in 2015. Is that, is that a reasonable yep. thing to make yeah. a statement with? Yeah. 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 I'm also kind of with uh, the idea that we should – like this is kind of a push. There's interesting stuff, but there wasn't like a clear – Oh, this a is clear the card winner. Yeah. in 2015. And I mean, hell, it's our pick. Not All the right. best pick. Okay, I put, pick, it, okay, I put, a, I put a star. Let me tell you, let me put it this stuff. way. I put a star by it. It's done If now. I were the Fury X. a single monitor guy, yeah. four gigs of memory is more than adequate for, you know, like, what? Uh, even even mostly for 4K, 1440p, and mostly for, yeah. yeah. But when you have triple monitor, and if I were given that money, I'd probably get a 980 Ti just because... It's got two extra gigs of memory. But sure. if I were a single monitor guy and given that money, then, yeah, I, I think Fury X is, is okay, there you a go. compelling product. Fury X graphics card of the year, 2015, uh, probably a very close runner-up would be the 980 then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. All right, done. Asterisk. All right, moving on. CPU of 2015. Um, uh, this is a shorter Did, list than I expected. Didn't AM- D released another uh, speed grade of AM1 processor. Oh well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, none of us touched wah, it. Wah, wah. Hmm. <laughs> wait, wait, did the uh, did a Haswell E come out this year? No, 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 no. wait, no, no, wait, Haswell no, e. no, it came no. out last year. Really? No, I got yeah, no, because I got my Aswell E for QuakeCon. Wait, tell me, Intel. I, what about uh, April, like, August 2014? What, what about like? Uh, <laughs> to be fair, August 2014 <laughs> Haswell E review launch. Well, that, uh, what about the 20 core Xeon or whatever? Like, can you throw that in there? I don't know. That was an old part. Oh, was that an old part? Yeah. No, this mind. is a depressing list. Well, <laughs> we're just gonna put that out that's there. That's why I threw in the A72, just as something sort of different that was kind of neat. Yeah, <laughs> the dual core Swift. There you go. But, but the, I mean, the, the uh, from, from a technology perspective, though, Intel really hit it out of the park with the Skylake. I mean, yes, the availability problems were there and still yeah, continue to be for there. For a lot of the but, year. I mean, if you take a, <laughs> if you take a Skylake and compare it to a Haswell, like the Z97 versus a, a 170, it's they did something to the Skylake. To, I mean, it performs as well or better than a Haswell E, which is saying something. Um, I feel like we're missing some some parts here. Like, Bra- like would I put Braswell on this list? No. no. Be- no. Best CPU of the year. Hear me out. QPI 3.0. Because <laughs> 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 it's the only thing that changed, and it was an awesome change. That's not a CPU. <laughs> uh, it enables all of the cool Z170 features. <laughs> this is this is really depressing to look at. Well, um, it's been a sad year for CPUs. Like, hey, what really is the AMD FM2... Uh, non APU. It's only the CPU. It has a it's the what, the X4 870. Like yeah, I mean we could go that route. We could go with the with the what are people what are, what are the seventy dollar processors that some people are putting in their builds now? Yeah, we did that last year. Our our, our uh, CPU of the year last year was that X4 Athlon. Oh, oh the seven sixty oh. or whatever. Yeah, and the current yeah. the. Uh, we had in our gift guide the 860K. It's a Kaveri quad core part. How much is the 6700K now? It's like uh, 350 or something. It's like it's uh, like the 6700K. If you can find it, it's 419 bucks. Oh really? If you can get a hold of it, nah, 419.99. Well, 419 on Newegg. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm off ten dollars. 419. 
Yeah, but who buys processors at Newegg? You go to Micro Center. <laughs> yeah. If you have one near you, but What's after Micro Center? you know, are there what? 350 at Micro Center? They're 380. Not everybody has a Micro Center and a and a fries right near each other. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the uh, the 6600 k is 279. I mean, I, I think if I look, look, let's, we can cut this shit short. I'm pretty sure this has to be the 6700 k. Yep. Yeah. Right. It's like almost by so default. So depressing. Like yeah. the 6700 k is a it's a good processor. Um, yeah, but it was a ten percent. It's faster. It's lower. It's lower power. It's overclockable. It's, it's it has that unicorn factor. No, but it's, hey, Ken, it was ten percent uh, overall. But I mean, it's it's uh, single core IPS or not IPS, whatever that IPC. Um, yeah, thank you. That I mean, it it is a it was a major improvement over Haswell. I mean, hey, do you guys know that AMD made an A eight sixty six hundred K? Yeah. You can get a refurbished one of those for ninety eight yeah, bucks. Four hundred twenty dollars is by far the most expensive. Like that is a lot of money. Look at the forty seven ninety k. What's what's the box price? Maury, uh, sorry to cut you off there. You, what was the what was the original box price? Was it supposed to be three fifty nine, three sixty nine? Is that what it's supposed to be? For the yeah, uh, sixty seven hundred k. Yeah, it should yeah it should be it should be uh it should be have a price parity to the um uh the as well part. Okay. Yeah, but it I mean, that's what it was supposed like, to. But they they started jacking them up. Yeah. And they would only jack them up that high if they can. That's yeah, the you, thing. If like, you know what I'm saying. It's because it's supply constrained. It's yeah. I wonder what's going on with Intel's 14 nanometer process. <laughs> I mean, they're, I mean, they're making the they're, they're making plenty of mobile parts, right? And I and I. Is that like, what the problem if I could is? say CPU 2015, I would just line. say Skylake because if you look at that, if on the mobile side, maybe I pick like the 6300U or something because if you look at that, like. But the Surface Book Skylake Park did against the Haswell yeah. or Broadwell, yeah. even you're talking about twenty to twenty five percent better performance, yeah, with better battery while life. better battery life, yeah, right. Like that well, is what a about whole the i three sixty one hundred. Now that we have base clock overclocking, I have that processor sitting on a shelf that I bought and I still haven't opened yet. A sub one hundred and twenty dollar part that you can overclock, yeah. But the Skylakes are a lot cooler than Haswells too. I mean, at Haswells, even with the Haswell refresh where they fixed the Tim or whatever magic they did. Skylakes are run much, much cooler. I can tell you that from personal experience. Yeah, I guess, I guess it just has to be because we can't come up with anything else. Like literally, sixty k for the win, seventy five dollars, <laughs> seventy five bones, and get a fifty dollar motherboard. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish gaming I could, paradise. Wish I could pick like the one ultrabook processor that every every laptop yeah, uses, but, but there's the a issue. lot of them now. Yeah, uh, maybe I just pick Skylake Mobile. Someone's got a good point. What's the i7-5775C. The, the, the one Broadwell processor. Yeah, but if you're talking about availability issues... <laughs> I'm kidding. It's totally out the window. But yeah, that was a good processor. I don't even know if that actually came out this year. Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know the answer to that. Um, we're just going to make the 6700K, 6700K just because. And, Congratulations, and here's the Francois. Rule. Here's, you won. Here's the rule, AMD. We need Zen by the end of 2016, so we don't have to have this kind of discussion <laughs> next year. All right? All right. Hold your breath. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, let's get into storage of 2015. Not a whole lot of options on this one either. Nope. We have the Samsung 950 Pro, M.2 mm-hmm. NVMe SSDs. We have the Intel SSD 750 series, NVMe SSDs. Which is PCI. Right. PCI Express. Sure. Not PCI. PCI. Uh, and then we have the 850 Evo 2 terabyte SATA drive. Yep. No hard drives? 
No hard drives on this list. Nope. Did, no did, six terabyte hard drives. Well, yeah. I mean, there are six terabyte hard drives. Didn't HGST technically ship a ten terabyte this year? Uh, sort of. No, it's an HE8. That's helium. a helium one, right? Yeah, yeah. Helium well, whenever you start talking about shingled storage, it gets me kind of. No, no, not uh, the, the HE8. No, no. Is that the disease not... that Terry Bradshaw tells me about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. HE8 is not shingled. Uh, uh, Seagate probably... is shipping a poor excuse for a eight terabyte quote unquote archive drive, which kind of sort of has like a cached area on it, yeah. so it can it's doing shingled yeah. recording. Well, the good thing is it's like cheaper than a six terabyte drive but it's just much slower on writes and you can't do any kind of random writes you have to basically just be yep. doing like large file transfers to it only yeah anyway what um, about uh the 950 so the, the that's nine on, that's, that's on, on the there. list oh, sorry. Um, i can't read it's going late pro. <laughs> so at the beginning of this year was the 750 right that was early this year 750 was like april yeah. yeah, and then the 950 was, was just amazing. a month or two ago. Yep, and then the 850 Evo was kind of cool in that so they're the shipping a two Evo terabyte. Came out last year, so we're talking about only the two, the terabyte, two terabyte model, yeah. and that's right. really just iterative. It is, you know, but you're getting a two terabyte SSD and a two and a half inch form factor. That's, that's true. pretty cool. But, yeah, but but the performance of the 950 and the price of the 950, I mean, you really can't beat it. It's it's crazy to get. The, the high performance of nine fifty, the two fifty six nine fifty. If you're lucky, you can find them for like what two hundred, maybe two fifty. Yeah. So no, the five hundred. No, not two fifty. I'm sorry. No, about somewhere between one fifty and two hundred. The, the two hundred fifty six gig nine fifty pro is on Amazon for one eighty nine. Yeah. The five hundred twelve gig is three twenty nine. Yeah. So that's yeah, really good. Bad. I mean, that's very good price parity for that kind of performance. Because if you look at the Intel drive that performs the same, yeah. it's double. Yeah. He's, well, uh, actually, the 950s. Uh, whoa. 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 Ryan, what's whoa. it? Do? What'd you do, Ryan? What's a 750 run? Or oh, that's Josh. No. That's yeah, Jeremy. Josh. Jeremy, uh, you broke it. Somebody broke our list. <laughs> Stop breaking our list. Jer- I did not break there, anything. There Jeremy, Sorry, I was copying did. it to go over to uh, Amazon. So um, the 750 uh, 400 gig is 360. Yeah. The yeah. 1.2 is a grand. So you're paying more yeah, for those. You're paying a lot more. Yeah. And. The only real advantage you get is like the latency is a bit more consistent if you hit it with like Q depth of 256. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to really beat the crap out of a 750, and then the and then it surpasses the 950. Yeah. Pro. Well, right? I mean, but the 750, so, I mean, we were in love with because it was the first one we saw like that. Correct. And it was just utterly amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it then was. Samsung it was. Comes out with this one. Yeah. Almost as good. Half the price. How and, can you not? And it fits in more places. And, and it fits in more. Yeah. And a lot of motherboards now have M.2. It's pretty much standard on motherboards yeah, now, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And this was Samsung's first NVMe slash PCIe part that they were like consumer shipping, like put in a box for True. consumers, right? Everything else prior to that was an OEM only part that you had for to them. Try, yeah, you uh, had to try to find it on a brown box or white box or whatever somewhere shipped from. Not some, only their know, first NVMe drive, the first PCIe drive. They're sold to consumers. From them, consumers, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like straight to consumers. First M.2, because they didn't do an M.2. Yeah. No, they did do M.2 SATA. They, yeah. They did. Yes. Yeah, they had 850. Yeah. But like, think of how long we've been asking Samsung for a consumer PCIe drive, and they deliver it, and they knock it out of the park. Yep. And not only did they do all those things, but it's also VNAND on top of that. Yep. So they basically checked like every Way single Way lower box power consumption. And the power consumption, yeah, it's good. Doesn't it's, have to have a heat sink is, on it. It is half the power consumption okay, of Okay, well then this is done. Of a seven fifty. Yeah. Asterisk. Yep. So to speak. They okay. won. 
All right. Uh, up next, this is uh, this is where we bring in. Oh, good God! Our, our fantastic Sebastian. Go Sebastian. to the basement. Go to the, go down Great the basement. Lakes region correspondent. So, so yeah, <laughs> uh, we have case of 2015. Now this is a this is a difficult one because if you thought there were a lot of processors or, or storage devices released, you have no idea how many cases were released. I don't even know so how we got is, down to three in this one. So this is a very uh, subjective thing, but I'm gonna, you know, of all of the people on this uh, podcast and on this website that see they were cases, just the three closest to me at the time. <laughs> just which, which three can I touch right? Those now? are the three he sits on in his basement while he's doing the podcast. So, I, I, wait, shouldn't there be a fourth one on here? Am I missing one? Yeah, the one that uh, you I mean, tossed. I mean, I sat on the Raven the last one you week. refused to toss. Uh, it really? Wait, what's the one we were talking about earlier today, Sebastian? Did we take that off the list? The 600, wasn't it? That one disappeared mysteriously from this list. Okay. Oh. Well, because it's not out yet, it's not really a product of 2015. Mm. Well, oh, okay. To, That's you know, fair. To tease it soon, you will see a review for the Corsair 600Q, but... It is not. Okay. I mean, it's, it's been announced. You can go to the product page and pre-order it, but it's not been. Okay, well that's fair. I, I didn't. I didn't realize that, but yeah, that's yeah. that's a good point. But for, we we got we have the fractal design define. So S. the the case of the year, I had a little bit of trouble with this. Like, yeah, the define S. Now the the, the R five last year was an amazing product. It was as good a case as you're going to find for hundred for around one hundred and twenty dollars. It was quiet. It's well made. With the S, it's virtually the same on the exterior. All they did was they kind of took out the drive cages. They let you choose your own kind of modular hard drive uh, support with these trays that it comes with. But essentially, it's a wide open case. So it's a lot more um, liquid cooling friendly. So... And it's it's a really nice looking case too. I am a fan of this of the really sort of understated, especially when you have a side window to kind of accent the build. And this, and in every way, this had the look and feel of that hundred twenty hundred thirty dollar enclosure. And it's eighty nine bucks with the window. And the solid side panel version is only seventy nine. So I I felt this set the standard for the year on a nice looking fully featured. Mid tower case. It comes with quiet fans. The performance is excellent. Has sound damping, and holds a lot. It's a pretty, pretty sturdy, like kind of a wider enclosure. So you're not going to have compatibility issues with anything in this thing. Hmm. It's eighty nine bucks. So I, I felt like it, it kind of set the standard for the year on a mid tower. Okay. And I, we, you know, we looked at cases anywhere from fifty nine dollars to four hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> It's a good range. 2015. And, yeah, it's, and it was this $100 sort of range that I think is the most interesting because manufacturers start to really dial in on better features and you start to see, you start to expect things. Like you always want to see rubber grommets and you want to see, you know, more sound damping. And this basically has everything. Um, and then next on the list, it was when I reviewed it, this was a $69 case, this NZXT source enclosure. It's crept up a little bit. It doesn't look quite as compelling to me at $75, $80, which is crazy. It's $5, $10, but it's such a, <laughs> such a crowded market. But this, when I reviewed it, this is a $69 case. You can still find it at that price. And it, it's just a fantastic-looking case. And it felt great. Like the, 
the the way it's constructed, even though it's the most minimalist design, it almost looks like a refrigerator. It's a <laughs> like I had the the glossy white version. It looks like an appliance, but but everything was so nice on it. Like the door panels, like slid on so smoothly. It's got big rubber feet. It was really easy to build in. It's that NZXT style where they have this uh, metal sort of shield that helps you hide cable mess. You know, the the fact that the, the PSU mounts to a little bit of a bracket, you've got a shroud over the, the PSU area to hide cable mess. The only thing I didn't like about it was I thought the hard drive trays were a little flimsy, but once you have those installed, you're not really using those again. Overall, the performance was pretty good. You know, it came with a pretty quiet fan, so for 69 bucks, it didn't look at all like a budget case. You would expect this to be like a $99 case. All right, and last? And last is, the Raven. is cable modem like provider, choice. which uh, went from Wyoming to him. Yes. I'm sorry. Josh Spence. and I are not only sharing space on the soundboard, we're sharing... Of uh, bandwidth as well. And Josh is totally <laughs> hogging. I'm stealing it all. Yeah. Can, can I even be heard right now? Josh, yes. Josh, Go you got to quit downloading tell, tell the porn, us, man. Tell us about the RVO5. We won't interrupt you because clearly you have some latency concerns. Uh, S- Sebastian, <laughs> turn off your video. Yeah, kill your video, Sebastian. Right. We'll see if this gets any better. Hang <laughs> We don't want to see you, anyways. I think he hung up. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> oh. 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 Well, okay. We'll try to get Sebastian. Oh. We'll try to get Sebastian oh. back. Uh, the other case he was going to tell us about here is the Silverstone Raven RV05 uh, enclosure, and it looks like this. It looks very different than the last two cases that he showed us um, in terms of its design, style, and aesthetics. When did he review this? Looks one? like something out of a Judge Dredd movie. Yeah. There's. <laughs> there's hey, do you remember the first Ravens that came out? Those things were oh. kick ass. Yes, yeah. it had the had the ninety degree rotation, really good cooling. Three three fans in the bottom, one in the top. It did forced air. Uh, build quality was great. Their their hard drive cage kind of sucked, but it seems like they improved a lot of those things with this this new Raven. And even though it has a lot of those features, it's a more compact case. So it's it's got some really interesting features about it. It it has that really unique look that you just don't see too many other places because otherwise, you know, you make a case like this, you think, oh, hell, that's that's a Silverstone. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it has interesting angles. Uh, you know, there's, there's some symmetry involved and some non-symmetry. <laughs> uh, clean lines, very interesting designs. And it has that inverted design, right, that rotated. Exactly, and so, I yeah. mean, their cooling is really outstanding for what they do. I mean, heat rises, hell, we're going to help that out by putting a bunch of fans in the bottom, rotating our, our, our motherboard, have, uh, you know, your, your video card shooting the heat directly up right. with most of those vented designs. It's, there's our um, construct, here's his constructed build there. Plus yeah, it's and, I mean, they, they are compact cases, though. As you can see, the, the Lightning is a, a large card. And so he's still got space enough for that. Got a space enough for a full-size ATX motherboard. Uh, you can have some, uh, you know, the, the water cooling that he sees here. 
you're limited there. You're not going to be able to get a you know one of those big double 240 millimeter wide units. But you know, efficiency wise, it's a really interesting design. Do we have Do we have Sebastian back? Kinda. I am on the line. Yes. Wow. Right, let's Let's adjust your volume here a little bit. If right. you can hear me, I am. So we. We talked through our RV05 now. Uh, I'm just going to cut to the chase here because of the uh, issues here with connectivity. Uh, what is the case of 2015? The the anti. I will give it to the Define S. Yeah. And what what kind of put it over the edge for you? I think overall value. The fact that it, you can still buy it for eighty nine dollars with a side panel window. The, the performance that it has, it's a very quiet case. They did a good job with uh, noise dampening. So if you are looking for a mid-tower case, you don't need like outrageous style or fancy lighting. It's a solid, solid choice for $80 and $90. And it, it performs extremely well. And it's easy to build in. All right. Uh, so there you go. That's our case of 2015. We're going to move on to the next category. Sebastian, uh, go check to see if your son is streaming Netflix 4K currently. <laughs> Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't. It's the baby monitor. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. It's 4K, 120 hertz. Let's uh, uncompressed. Let's talk to uh, the guys now about the motherboard of 2015. This will be an interesting discussion, at least. I, we've all seen different motherboards. This is what's interesting about this: is Maury, the primary motherboard reviewer, hasn't really seen any AMD boards. Uh, Sebastian has seen some smaller, lower cost, smaller form factor boards that he uses in a lot of his builds and stuff. Um, but Maury, in your in your view, what are kind of like you, you have three of them in here, right? You have the Z97 Pro, you have the uh, Z170A from ASUS, you have the MSI Z170A X Power, we have the Gigabyte 990 FX Gaming in here as well, and our Maximus uh, Gene. What which which of these really stands out to you, and why? Uh, out of them all, the uh, actually the Z170A is probably the one that stands out the most. Uh, there's a couple reasons for that. Price wise, it's about a buck fifty, maybe, maybe a hundred and sixty. Um, it the Asus did not chintz on any of the features or uh, power components, so I mean it will overclock and perform as well as a um, as one of the uh, Maximus Formula boards, okay. which are the high-end ROG, the Z170s. Um, it's got a nice look to it. It, it's, it uses the standard channel look, which is a black and white look now that they've shifted to, and it's got uh, white overlay pieces on the board itself. As you can see, uh, the over the rear panel and the uh, white heatsink. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have SATA Express. It does have um, the uh, it does have SATA ports, and I believe it has an M.2 as well. Uh, it's just overall, it's a nice board. It performed well, and it's cheap. It's really cheap. I mean, you know, you really can't go wrong with this board. Um, what what is a price wise? What is cheap? Mean? I mean, it's, this is a hundred fifty, hundred fifty to one hundred sixty. Pretty good. That's that's a pretty yeah. good price. That's a pretty good price. Um, now you have like maybe let's look at this MSI board as a comparison. This is not a hundred and twenty five dollar, hundred fifty dollar motherboard, correct? No, that's a three hundred dollar board. Okay, so even then, not as expensive as I thought it was going to be. This is one of the more unique looking motherboards I think that we saw in twenty fifteen. Oh, oh yeah, right. This one they dubbed the Titanium Edition. I believe the reason why it's called that is because of the titanium color of the board itself. Everything is 
chrome color, silver color, whatever color you want to call it. Um, it's got uh, and it's everything powder glows coated. red <laughs> for your yeah. pleasure. Oh god, yeah. Powder color. Um, it also has the enhanced uh, the enhanced PCIe slots on the second, or mm. sorry, on the first and third slots. Where see where there's uh, there's metal overlays on the slots that actually add strength to them, so that your uh, so your card, your heavy heavy video card, doesn't pull the slot out of the Your fat fat video card. Yeah. Cuz yeah. none of us have ever pulled a PCI Express slot off of a motherboard. No. Actually, well, I never have, but I know other people who have. Yeah. <laughs> but and the the other nice thing about this board is it's got the dual M.2 slot so you can actually do raid if if you want to get two of those uh, nice Samsung 950s and raid them together. That's the board to do it with. So so in I don't know. Do we have Sebastian in any kind of reasonable form yet? I don't know. Am I? I mean, not really. Okay. But your latency seems to be lower, so that's a plus. Uh, do you have, like, is there a particular board that you thought might vie for this? Uh, I, I'm always partial to the small form factor boards, and I, I love the Maximus series, the Maximus 8. Where's my mouse cursor? Gene is a micro ATX board. It's ASUS ROG. Uh, okay. Yeah. And this. Oh, yeah, yeah. This. It, it has literally one. everything. <laughs> everything a small child it. could want who is bandwidth limited, including pregnant pauses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In Michigan. I like you know, this board I, too. But... I even have. I have highest priority on the network. It doesn't matter. It's charter. Oh yeah, no. That, is a, that is a nice board. You can SLI and how much is this one, Maury? Do you remember how much the Gene runs for? About uh, I bet you it's probably about two hundred to somewhere between two hundred and two twenty or two fifty, maybe around the two twenty range. Maybe you yeah, are correct, Maury. Two twenty eight, two twenty eight. That's pretty accurate. That's a good guess. That's, I'm, that's I'm not horrific. No, no, it's not. But you got to remember too. Usually, the uh, micro ATX and the mini ITX, or whatever those form factors are, those form factors up the price of the boards yeah, over for an sure. ATX board. So if you had the same size ATX board with same features, it might actually be less if they didn't change the feature setup. Right, right. Um, so more, if you had to pick one of these boards, what would you pick? I would go with the Z170A. I mean, that's just hands down. That board is a is a beast for what you're paying and for what I mean, because that, that is that is a baseline motherboard. They didn't they didn't you know that's that's the that's their lowest end board in the channel series for the Z170. And, you, and it's still a very very high quality high feature set product in your mind. Yes, it's still a beast. I mean, it it will it will throw it will run anything you throw at it. I can't argue with any of this. Does anybody else have anything they need to to say? Any arguments here? Ken, you hate it? Oh, I thought Josh was going to bring up a named motherboard. Oh, Josh, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, uh Gigabyte just released the uh GA990FX gaming. It's got a lot of those same interesting things, USB 3.1. It's actually got, it's the only AMD motherboard with an M.2 slot that uses four PCI Express lanes. So it's got mm. 20 gigabit per second potential, which if you look at any of the others, I mean, they're essentially two lane. And so you're limited to 10 megabit, right. 10 gigabit rather. And so, uh, you know, with the 950... You're going to be pushing that as fast as it could. It's it's got all the 
the audio things. It's it's got those uh, it's got all those audio slots <laughs> that uh, you know we were talking about. Right. So yep. you don't you know you don't you don't jerk out the slots. You got the uh, killer Ethernet. No, it's it's got all the things. And for an ancient chipset, right? It's kind of prodded up to a modern spec. They've done and the best they people, could, that anybody could do. I would assume. Is this? Your, well, wait, did I hear that correctly? There's only one AMD motherboard. This okay. It all has the a, other AMD motherboards with M.2 slots. Right. As far as I know, they only use two PCIe Express lanes. So there's only one of them that can fully use the four a 950 by. Pro. Yeah. What's this motherboard run? I yeah. don't know. It's like twelve dollars, but it's going to be a less than one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's going to be. You yeah, add that to an eighty three fifty or an eighty three seventy, and you're looking at a you know multi threaded gaming platform. It's going to do perfectly right. fine. Yeah, I mean, we just built that eighty three seventy system with the nine ninety FX MSI nine ninety FX. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's another good board, but you know it's there. There are some. It's hard to pick things. a board based on a chipset that's that old. Oh yeah. Even as they try to modernize it, as much. This thing's ancient. It was the eight ninety FX when it came out back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. That's like a decade the name? ago. Almost. They had wow. computers back then. Yes, they did. Hmm. All right. I think. I think. Does it? I think we can all kind of agree that the lo- like we feel good about picking a low cost product at this point. Right, yeah. and the Z170A that's both that's both a low cost but also high quality mm-hmm. product. Yep. No issues. No, I I like the 170 chipset. It's got all the features you does. really want. It does far more than the what the Z97. All right, let's get into our next category here. This one's very important. Uh, the, now we're getting into more kind of thought-provoking things. Price drop of 2015. Here are our options. We can bring up this video here. Uh, we have DDR4 memory price drops uh, in conjunction with the Z170A. We have uh, variable refresh monitors, so FreeSync, G-Sync drops. SSDs that are still going down. Mid-range smartphones. I put that one in there. People that are going for like two, three, four hundred dollar phones as opposed to eight, nine hundred dollar phones. Uh, and then your mama. Yeah. Wait, what? Your mom. <laughs> your mom. Well, what's that 2A say? Uh, it's because when she... T- <laughs> still in there, huh? Oh, dear Lord. Uh, <laughs> you know... Ah, this see, the, you guys got to be watching the video. These are the important things. Your mama. Yeah. <laughs> Price drop. Boom. Done. Uh, I don't know. Um, so uh, I know we put SSDs on there, but I don't think they dropped nearly as much as like variable refresh rate monitors since we just talked about like a monitor that's half the price for the same stuff as what the previous year was, did, basically. Do we, do we consider G-Sync monitors dropped in price or did FreeSync monitors come out and become... <laughs> well, that's just variable refresh monitors. Like now yeah. you can Maybe buy... Maybe make it FreeSync monitors. Yeah, but, the but, prob- the, but they didn't really have a price drop either. Let's we'll say again, Jeremy. Competition is good. It absolutely is. Yeah. So them coming out... The problem is... The prices is, drop. They're not compatible with each other, right? I get so it. So it's not like FreeSync came out, and thus you could now, if you're a 980 Ti user, go buy a FreeSync monitor because you want the lower cost. I, I agree. You can't do well, you that. Can, I know. You got to buy a card too. Yeah. <laughs> then your price drop sure goes is. away. But if you put that aside, like variable refresh rate technology, 
yeah. has basically halved in price. I don't know how you frame this one. Yeah. Because FreeSync yeah. monitors are, have made VRR monitors cheap, but G-Sync has gone nowhere in price. Like, G-Sync hasn't really come down in price because of it. It's true. Right. It has a bit. It might have gone Maybe up. a little bit. Yeah, like the ROG Swift is hard to find, but like the PG278Q, or 279Q, which is the this I year's guess. derivative, is still 799 right? Am I At least, I'm sure. Am I missing that? Yeah. But uh, I've got to put my hand towards DDR4. Okay. Because that has gone from, you want how much for this? That is true. At the beginning of the year, that was pretty horrible. Pretty much price parity. That is the most precipitous drop. In yeah. terms of price that I have seen a new memory technology happen, yep. whether Never. it's been DDR, DDR2, DDR3, and now DDR4, it has gone from, yeah, are the prices you, were are you just kidding me, insane. to, yeah. hey, that's not much more than DDR3 at that speed, and you're getting yeah. lower power faster. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So that's that's I, I haven't been paying attention. I know because Josh, you made some comments in the in our in our group chat recently about that specifically about DDR4 memory prices going down. I'm trying to look real quick at something like uh, uh, I know you can PC get two picker. by eight gig for like seventy five bucks. There's a special oh, today gotcha. on Newegg, Wait. and that's just yeah. And those and, and those are probably twenty six sixty seven. Yeah. 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 So, for example, um, I, I didn't bring this up on the right computer, but uh, in October or November of last year, the Corsair Vengeance 32 gig, which is a lot of memory, but the yeah. 32 gig DDR4 266, 2666, 2,666 megahertz, <sighs> was eight, $694. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Today, it is priced at... One ninety four. Holy crap! Like, yeah, like, that is such a drop. That's maybe an extreme one. Let me pick like a sixteen gig kit. Yeah, because or, right, the G skill stuff that I was talking about, I think it's like twenty four hundred or yeah. whatever. Yeah, seventy eight right. bucks for two by oh, eight. That's DDR. Right, and but one one thing. One. Oh, sorry, Josh. Okay, go ahead, Maury. Just Okay, go ahead. One thing you got to remember about DDR4 and its pricing is last year at this time, the only thing that used DDR4 was the Haswell. Uh, the, uh, True. Sorry, the Haswell E, which is the X99. You had to buy, if you wanted the performance, you needed four sticks. The Skylake, once that came out, more widespread because or consumer-grade desktop processor, plus it's only dual channel. So you don't need the four-stick kits. You only need two-stick right. kits. So Yeah, it, it feels kind of weird because, like, I don't know. It. I, I kind of look at it as a price drop of something that you may have wanted to buy last year for something you wanted to buy this, like the same thing you wanted to buy this year. The price dropped. Like, no, like you didn't need to buy DDR4 last year, and now you need to buy it because they can introduce it into the consumer platform. Everyone ramped up production and it got cheaper. We well, don't need to because I mean you, DDR3 and 4 well, true, on the 170. I mean if you choose a, one of the other boards. Not on No, there's no desktop. Yeah. They're not 170, uh, sorry. Like the H and the B, H, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, you don't yeah. want to use one of those. I mean, well, I'm no. looking so uh, the problem is I'm trying to find memory modules that have gone down, but even from uh August 16 gigs of Corsair Vengeance LPX, you know, 2 8 gig modules was 134 and now it's 84. Yeah. Right? I mean that's that's pretty sizable in 4 months. 
Yeah, okay. Right. And think about the people that are like, well, I want to buy the new motherboard, but there's no way in hell I'm paying that price for the new RAM because I have to get new RAM with this motherboard to, well, hell, it doesn't cost much more than 5% more than DDR3. Why wouldn't I do it? Yeah. So now you've got more of a reason to do the upgrade. Sebastian, do you have any argument on the phone side of things? Not really. I think the the best quality handset overall and the fastest processor when you're talking about just pure performance per thread is the iPhone 6S and the 6S Plus. I really like the Nexus phones, and I think the Nexus 5X is a step in the right direction, taking it back down to no, a phone we're, we're that's selling for like 300 and, smartphones yeah. and the price drops rather than the next mobile devices of 2015. So think about mid-range smartphones. Well, talking yeah, well, about I, I think 5X. the 5X kind of is at the high side of mid-range at 329. It is. But the, the Nexus yeah. 6 was a disaster. It came out at $649. It's an underwhelming device. has a pretty nice-looking screen, but I've been using it for... Well, since it came out, so a little over a year, and it was definitely a departure. When you look, we we reviewed the Zen Phone. It may have been the very beginning of this year, and the yeah. Zen Phone two from ASUS, very compelling product for one hundred ninety nine dollars. And we had phones coming out using pretty low powered SOCs with lower screen resolution in that two hundred dollar price range throughout the year. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask a lot of people, like I know if you were to ask Patrick Norton, what's the best mid-range phone, the best low-end phone? There's been a huge following for the Motorola stuff and especially Moto the Moto e, G. G, uh, yeah. Uh, for a 720p smartphone with like a Snapdragon 410 and uh, one gig of RAM or something, just enough to get you by and runs a pretty stock version of Android. Mm-hmm. If you're going out and paying full price for a phone, getting one of those for 179 is pretty compelling. Uh, but you sacrifice so much, you get a pretty terrible camera. The Zenfone 2's camera is actually fairly good. So, the, if, if, if Zenfone 2 supported Verizon Network, I've gotten that for my wife ages ago. Yeah. Ages. But it doesn't. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think Sport even even America. all that aside, I. I think it obviously. I think it has to be DDR4 memory based on our conversation here. I did find another kit of 32 gig uh, <laughs> Corsair memory uh, that was available in October of last year for 949. Uh, that you can now buy for 289. Imagine how pissed you'd be if you paid a thousand dollars for DDR4 memory last year. I mean, you don't like. You're not that pissed because you bought a 500 dollar, a thousand dollar CPU. Even as recently as. The right. end of January, it was seven thirty. No, you're going to be pissed because you're thinking, you know, I I, I cut down to this three hundred dollar processor because I needed the memory. But you know what? I could have gotten the thousand dollar processor with the same uh, amount of memory. Right? I don't think that's in, a lot of people's mindset in on August, the high end chips. In I don't August, think they're cost in August. Conscious. This memory was four eighty nine, and now it's two eighty nine. That, that's yeah, really it's been a steady, solid drop. Yeah, the entire year it's been crazy. All right, that's what it is. It's DDR4 memory price drop of 2015. Put in the books. All right, here we got uh, this one. I don't know what to say about this one because we may not have much to say. The mobile device of 2015. Now that we're on that category, we can rehash what Sebastian was talking about. So we, which we I, you can't know, transfer you the your mom conversation to the mobile device. Okay, you, right? you guys can't do that. You can't. <laughs> Thank you. you can't. Sebastian's not even latent anymore. You can't do that because not- you know my mom. She's looking for a hip replacement. That's not very mobile. It just. 
When when did the Zenfone uh, two come out? It was this, this year. year. It was the summer of this year because they announced year. it at CES. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna and put that one, on the two. list. I'm gonna put that on this list. You you touch the that. screen, caress it, highlight. Uh, there things. we go. There show we them. T- there show you your typing. Can we just take off the Shield TV right now? I wanted to put it on there because I thought it was an interesting product. <laughs> it doesn't have a battery. It didn't. I didn't know where else to put it. Okay, um, mobile. Fine. It's gone. It's off. It is it's if you've got a really, really long extension cord. <sighs> so which phone? Which phone wins? You talked about the Zenfone 2 a lot just now, and Josh had a pretty good uh, summation of it as well. And I, I have one here, and I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you having one here doesn't. One hundred ninety nine bucks for that kind of phone. The price makes it compelling. It's a little bit weird that it has an Intel processor, so very few apps are running native, you know, machine language on an x eighty six when it's written for ARM. But right, didn't BlackBerry uh, teach them anything? The, <laughs> some some of the performance numbers when I was benchmarking this uh, were outstanding. It has near like mobile. You know, computer level uh, decryption, for example. But then almost everything else is subpar, and it uses a lower grade PowerVR graphics than any of the newer iPhones, of right. course. But you're talking about a hundred ninety nine dollar phone, and it has a nice high resolution screen. And for people who don't understand, one ninety nine is like really unlocked. Cheap. Oh yeah, we're like talking not unlocked, subsidized, yeah, free and clear. Like you buy it on Amazon, and it's still you put That's your it. SIM card in. Yeah, right. And in fact, it has two SIM slots. This is a dual SIM card. It's like an international so phone. So for drug dealers, it's amazing. The, oh, unfortunately, yeah. the second SIM slot is limited to two G speeds. I have to warn you. Drug dealers can communicate in two G just fine. Yeah, they, they don't <laughs> care about bandwidth. <laughs> they can communicate in OG if they have. To. That's right. Yeah. Build quality is pretty good. I mean, it's plasticky, right? Like when you feel it, uh, but it but it looks good. It feels okay. Yeah, but it's cheating. What's that mean? Because, like. Intel's making the, this phone dirt cheap. So Intel subsidizing. Like, yeah, it, I don't it's care. cheating. Intel's, if Intel sold the 6700K for $199, it, we'd be okay with that, too. Intel's <laughs> giving away those other CPUs for free, is what Ken is trying to say. You know, like, Just it's, make it, a phone it, for this. It's, it's not a fair to the consumer. It, it I'm getting a better deal. Yeah, but Your shareholders may be getting screwed, but I'm not a shareholder. <laughs> I'm there getting are, a there better deal. There are other deal. phones at that price point, though. I mean, the uh, Nokia Lumia, which, well, some Microsoft. No, no, no. I have a Lumia 635 here. It is absolutely unusable. There is no app support. Developers have abandoned any of the good apps that haven't been updated since like May of hey, last Microsoft year. Microsoft released a selfie app for iOS today. Yeah. Oh, okay. Their time yeah, is more iOS productive. iOS is literally their next frontier. They're, they're all in on making apps for other yeah. platforms and they've left make fantastic hardware I, on the side uh, of the iOS phone a selfie at, were they aware that iPhones can already take selfies yeah, this one does it better their time is more oh. productive oh, making selfie shows. apps for iOS than actually making Windows phone apps to do anything yeah I don't have, so I was gonna I was gonna fight for the iPhone success because I actually moved from an Android device to a success but I I, I, I honestly think that this is like the success is iterative yeah. Right? And this is not iterative. This is uh, transformative. This is kind of breaking. Yeah. yeah. Do, do we know how, like, the post-launch software support was? Like, did it just stay on the same version of Android? I don't know. For the Zenfone 2? Yeah. Yeah. I brought it back out a couple of months ago, and they consistently send down OTA updates, mm-hmm. but it's still on 5.0. 
Like their yeah. updates are to like their UI, their software. I think they yeah. got like the five dot oh dot one update possibly. Yeah. Mm. What what about that uh Dell tablet? The Intel Dell tablet. The venue eight seven thousand. Boy, that thing really oh. caught our eye last year at CES. Thing's that was cool. absolutely beautiful looking and I it had the best implementation I thought of a keyboard and a tablet uh separately with a really strong hinge and a great mechanism that magnetically uh, connected the you're two. You're talking about the venue ten. <laughs> Okay, not, not uh, the tablet. Yeah, because I sent you the bigger one to review. The smaller one stood okay, out to I me. Okay, the ten seven thousand. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The smaller one to me seemed maybe more interesting in that regard. It was again, if you want to talk about, I can't touch the screen. Like a subsidized <laughs> device. It's probably Intel subsidized. Yeah, but it was still awesome. I don't think that when point actually matters. I just wanted to point it out. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think it beats the Zenfone, honestly. But it's a damn good device. I got to play. I played. Uh, I, I played Goat Simulator on that quite a bit. Oh, nice! Yeah, told you you'd like it. Do we count the Surface products? <laughs> yeah. Is the Surface Book the best mobile device of 2015? No, it's had too many problems. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got to consider with the Surface the big jumps they've had through the last three generations of products. True. Because this latest one. It's pretty impressive. It is, but because yeah, the Best one was for the shit, money. The previous ones are horrible. Oh yeah, yeah. price like price wise are awful. Yeah. Right, but p- part yeah. of that is because of the uh, Skylake processor. I mean, the Skylake processor in the in the, the service book gives it all the nice power features and all that stuff, and the power. Sure, I really do like the Surface Book, but yeah, I think for its price and value. And some of like the sleep issues it had and stuff like that. And XPS thirteen, XPS thirteen is a good device. I totally forgot laptops. I was yeah. going mobile devices only. It does say mobile devices, but I'm I mean, gonna go Zenfone too. I think I mean, about, uh, we, we list our laptop drivers. reviews under mobile on the website. I know. No, I totally screwed that up. <laughs> I was could have put laptops in here, but yeah, what I think Zenfone two uh, is GPS a cake trackers. and eat it two type thing. One hundred ninety nine bucks for all of that. If only it supported Verizon, I would have gotten it already. And I'm a cheapskate. You are. And Jeremy, like what were you going to say? What about uh, GPS locators for dogs? No, they just get eaten. <laughs> Not this year? Wasn't that this year? Yeah, no, there's a lot of them. They just get eaten by dogs. Yeah. I would recommend none of those devices. Yeah. Unless you have one dog. In which case, go for it. All right. So that brings up uh, best trend of 2015. We have uh, NVMe SSDs, PC gaming popularity, uh, the resurgence in PC gaming popularity from like the console crowd. What are you talking about? PC gaming is dead. Uh, yes. Racing wheels, Thunderbolt 3 slash USB 3.1, uh, <laughs> IPS displays. And uh, USB 3.1 and M.2 as standard offerings on motherboards. So which of these things stand out to you as being uh, the best trend we saw occur through 2015? I I would have to go with, well, kind of PC gaming popularity and IPS displays. Because we have been looking for... We've had IPS for a very long time. We have, but... I think I, I agree that in 2015 IPS became more like maybe I should mainstream. say like IPS gaming displays. Yes, like people in our industry, like 
people who are gamers that have traditionally just been like, I don't care, one millisecond response yeah. time or something yeah. like, you know what, as it turns out, maybe there's more to it than that. And this image quality thing is, is, is important. I, people, got like, more, people got more focused on that because of the variable refresh rate panels that were initially coming out TN. I think so. I feel like both these items have been on the list for like the past two years. Yeah. Yep. I don't think it's a 2015 thing. I think this is a general thing over the past five IPS? years. IPS? Well, I know. I think PC gaming popularity and IPS displays have like been on this list yeah. time and time again. Okay. I don't think it's a 2015 thing. Okay. And that's like NVMe. A, yeah. 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 NVMe well, did I'm really torn, gain a lot of traction. Because it's so expensive. What is? NVMe. Well, well, the barrier to entry is no. there because you have to buy a new motherboard. But the the, the nine hundred and fifty Pro was that that nine hundred series was always going to be NVMe. Going back a couple of years when the, some of the specs leaked out on it, yeah, and it finally came out. And not just to OEMs. Now we had a nine hundred and fifty Pro. You can just go out and buy for one ninety nine and get the fastest performance on a consumer SSD. And if you were going to update. You know your board to Skylake or that you know one AMD motherboard that supports it. Anything that has enough lanes with M.2, you can run NVMe and have just amazing performance that you would have had to use like two or three SSDs in RAID Zero a year ago. I do want to point out that. Go ahead, Jeremy. This was the runner-up last year. PCIe was a runner-up last year. And, and I still think next year will be the year for NVMe. I still don't think it's this year. Also, to point out, last year, uh, PC Gaming Resurgence was not on the list. Really? It was not at all. And neither was IPS at all. It was variable really? refresh rate gaming and 21 by 9 monitor. Yeah, really? let me ask you yeah. this. I feel like okay. we picked In IPS. In 2015, yep. how has USB 3.1 and M.2 really impacted your daily life? They've changed my life, Josh. No, they have not. And I don't I look use either your, one. I look at your stream, and I know that it has not changed. I think M.2 was more than USB 3.1. Yeah, USB yeah. 3.1 was not didn't didn't influence anything. There are no devices for it. I mean, I've yeah. tried I, even yep. the enclosures that are out there are crap. I mean, I can tell you firsthand. I've tried a couple of them. They all suck. And you know, M.2 is a great technology. You look at the numbers; it's fantastic. But how? much has that sold as compared to just regular SSDs due to the normal even a gamer's workflow yeah. and it, I mean, most gamers still run a large spinning hard drive idiots you you have a couple of people who probably do NVMe PCIe and sure, sure, sure. stuff to load their games faster Yep, but how many actually do that few i mean it's a great technology but and i'm looking forward to it next year i don't understand I think that it's going to come down in price where most people can do it but i just don't think that it has the impact along with usb 3.1 in 2015 that we have been hoping for just because yeah, but isn't of it a good trend and motherboard availability i've been writing news posts for a year where every new motherboard that comes out features m.2 nvme compatibility so it it has been a trend. It was certainly a trend throughout all of 2015 oh, yeah. that it was the feature you had to have. You had to have USB 3.1, preferably Type-C, and you needed to have some sort of next-gen storage support, whether it was U.2 on a lot of the really small motherboards. 
and some of the enterprise boards, and you had to have M.2 on any kind of mainstream gaming enthusiast board. Yeah, like, like Lil Hamlet in the chat says, M.2 adoption isn't there yet, and I disagree. I think consumer yeah, M.2 it's... adoption is not there yet, but product, like, every new motherboard comes out with M.2. Right. Like, the adoption rate is there in the product. Every laptop every with, laptop. Every laptop with every solid laptop state now. Yeah, every yeah, single laptop has M.2. Um, yeah, well, like, I think the every single laptop. 240 has Oh, well, one. almost. <laughs> Right, and and so a consumer adoption is not there because you can't buy an M.2 SSD and put it in your system until every motherboard, almost every motherboard that ships, has it. Huh. Right, and now it does. So, well, yeah, but with M.2, you still have a fractured spec um, because you have the M.2s that are only SATA compatible. Then you have the M.2 with the B key, which is only 10 gigabit, and you have the M.2 which is M key, which is the PCI EX4. I yep. mean, and it's still. I agree. It, it, it's still. It is still messy. And it. Yeah. It's just. And I've encountered that problem too in a couple of boards. It's just not. That's true. That's I, I just think if you ask average mainstream gamer about SSDs, M.2 is not even on their map. No. It's just probably I, not. I plug the thing into the no. SATA port, or maybe I plug something into my PCIe. Hey, I got an 850 yeah. Evo that was one gig for 200 bucks. And I could put so many games on that, and they yeah. load so fast. That's the reason, yep. because you can get so much, you know, for your money. Low cost on the satellite yeah. still. Yeah. So I, I mean, and to be fair, who I, whoever added this at the end says M.2 is standard offerings on motherboards. Not that M.2 is everybody's SSD of choice yet. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's a trend, but if nobody's using it, okay. So if it. if we if we kind of consider like, I okay, think as far as trend goes, it's good. Consumer adoption is not there, so what else? Is NVMe, NVMe SSDs is even less relevant than, than M.2, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, that's true. Um, Thunderbolt 3, not really in there. So I think, it, no, again, no, no. didn't even come, come back to this. IPS. Thunderbolt 3 didn't even come okay, out. Okay, Alan, let me ask or you this. PC gaming popularity. What? So you're gaming on a TN monitor, right? No. Yeah. Oh, and you're you? jerking around and looking at things from Whoa, different gosh. angles because, you know, you you're kind gaming. of a nervous guy. Right. Yeah, that's not gaming activity. That's not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm jerking around, I want the realism of an 8-bit IPS panel. I don't want I the colors to shift. Pale skin. Joystick yeah. on the I don't want the skin tones to shift on my screen right. yeah, as yeah. my head's you know moving all over the place. what does to the experience? <laughs> and don't even get me started on dithering. No, no, don't. <laughs> Oh, God. oh wow! Uh, <laughs> but going from a TN gaming monitor to an IPS, how does that change? Especially something like what was that game that you just bought, Brian or I? Ori, the Lost Ori, Ori, Ori the Lost and Forest. the Blind Forest. Compare that title on a TN panel and all in an IPS. Yeah, the, color, the, the colors are just way. Even oh, looking at it straight on, the colors are just way better. Yeah. On absolutely, just yeah. yeah. And it's nice that they finally taken this technology and applied it to people who will utilize it in in games. And it just the difference is night and day. Why don't you? Why don't you? I told you, Josh loves him some IPS. Not just IPS. Why don't you call the trend high refresh rates? Like now we're at one sixty five. Yeah. You know, but Again, I think that's only going to take off way more next year. We're going to see that go way crazy next year. 
Yeah, because because really? we're getting DP one point three next yeah, year. Yeah, DP one point three will allow yeah. for two hundred and forty hertz so refresh rates. Next year will be wild and wacky with the extra brightness. Uh, UHD stuff. Yeah, HDR. Yeah. HDR. HDR. Yeah, like it's just going to be something else. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be something else next year. <sighs> I still the like PC. Is, it would be easy if we were picking the trend in consumer electronics, like in the TVs category. It would be HDR, but with this, it's. I still I still believe that like. Console gamers and kids building PCs instead of buying Xboxes is the best. Yeah, but thing. you know, like the the next gen consoles have sold more in the first two years than the last generation. Sure, I mean, yeah, it's because people grew up and have more money that are interested in games than, than Maybe, the last yeah. one. But like, my nephew is going to build a PC. He's fourteen years old. Has never had a PC in his life before. But one of his friends. Played PC games, saw it, saw the advantage, wanted to do it. You know, I always talk about like listening to people on Giant Bomb talking about the PC versions of the games most of the time mm-hmm. being the best version. Batman being excluded from this conversation, <laughs> right? Where uh, A big exclusion. People that used to be hardcore, like ah, PC doesn't matter, are now kind of building PCs again and seeing the advantage of it and buying graphic card upgrades because of that type of stuff. Um, I see that as a very positive trend. Maybe it's not the biggest or best out there. Um, well, the long life cycles of these consoles, which has always been a constant, like it's mm. what, six years between major console upgrades at least. So, yeah. so that, that does encourage, you know, you, you look at, I'm running the same hardware. It's going to run the same resolution and look at the low resolution that games come out. Like, like if you follow gaming news, like, the story is always, oh, this game only runs at 900p on the PS4, and it's only running at 720p on the Xbox One. Yeah. And you can run it on your PC at 1440 or 4K, you know, 4K, <laughs> or monitor. So that if you're really into these games, the titles are on PC as well. Then it's just a way you can. You can, All right. you can so, emulate Wii games at 4K on a PC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think when we put it that that so, way, I mean, it sounds like a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Josh, are you gonna be heartbroken? You know, I I will survive. The PC gaming the on an IPS display. Game. Okay, how about that? <laughs> PC gaming on yeah, IPS. PC screens. gaming asterisk on an, <laughs> yeah, on an IPS display. <laughs> Hashtag Josh Tech at 165 hertz. <laughs> Just throw it all in there at the same time. Oh man! On an M.2 drive. I have been waiting yes. for 12 years for display technologies to improve to what they are actually now starting to do. Yeah, That's or you've been waiting 12 years to upgrade your monitor. I've got yes, 2005 yes. monitors right in front of me. And they have been the best gaming experience for me for many, many years, obviously. And finally, finally, we're getting to a point where I have a reason to upgrade them. And you're going to have to spend three times as much. Oh, that sucks. All right, let's get into our last topic, then worst trend of 2015. Here are some of the categories we have for you. Uh, 28 nanometer products. 28 nanometer products that existed throughout the entirety of 2015. Uh, A lack of GPU upgrades. Definitely related to 28 nanometer products there. Uh, the rise of the pre-order. I don't know if that was a 2015 thing. It's actually, I feel <laughs> no, like it's, it's gotten set- so much worse. I feel like it's settled down in 2015. I feel like 2014 yeah, is probably the worst year for that. No, it's settled down as something people accept as usual. Well, that might be true. It, that's uh, a bad trend. A lack of Internet of Things security. Uh, maybe having your 
Chrysler drive off the edge of the road. Oh, your heart monitor get hacked. Yeah. Uh, Lack of true competition in the x86 CPU space. Well. And lack of USB (laughs) 3.1 devices, which is true. Or Thunderbolt we could make as as part of that as well. I'd like to point out one thing before we begin. Uh, Worst trend of 2013, stalled process technology. (laughs) (laughs) It was correct. (laughs) Did yeah, we did we pick it? Memory, no, we didn't, pick, we didn't it. pick it. We picked okay. GPU shortage because of uh, last year the winner of this category was the 840 Evo performance issues. Yeah, can we just pick that again with runner-up G-Sync no. monitor? Because <laughs> they still haven't fixed my 840. <laughs> you know, you know, we did have uh, really bad availability of CPUs. The major yeah. CPU release this year, Skylake availability, Skylake yeah, availability man. for most of the year. We was consider that crap. a trend. It was one part. Eh. Well, yeah, but it was the part everybody wanted. I think I think this I think the answer to this category is really easy. Which one? Yep. And it's I think you you either say lack of GPU upgrades because of twenty eight nanometer products, <laughs> or yeah. you just say twenty eight nanometer products because that's what's caused lack of CPU upgrades. So we need more words on that line. So was it like lack of 28 nanometer or delay of no, okay, you no. know what? I I'm going to do a different viewpoint here. Oh, Uh-oh. because 28 nanometer issues came to the fore both AMD and Nvidia who are the major mm-hmm. consumers of this found different ways around these the, this problem. I mean, essentially they had to use transistors more effectively, more efficiently, and more wisely yeah. than they ever had before because their design before 28 nanometer always said, okay, well, we can expect another process node in this amount of time. So we don't have to really work on it. I mean, we, I mean, we have to work on things, obviously, quite a bit because they're complex parts. But... We expect to have a performance boost in this amount of time just because of process node technology. And then suddenly they hit a wall at 20 nanometer. It's like, well, we can't really go to 22 and 20 nanometer because there are some real big issues there for a large complex GPU. We've got to look at our design process. We've got to look at how we have laid things out. We've got to look at how we can improve our performance per transistor, because we're not getting any more transistors and we're not getting any more TDP, what can we do to improve our products? And both AMD and NVIDIA really stepped up. Certainly, I think NVIDIA came to the fore first with their 900 series of the GTX, the 970, 980, and NVIDIA and AMD came out with with the Fury, and they both had a significant improvement in TDP and what they could do per clock and what they could do per watt than we have seen kind of really before because we, we've never had a time where a, a process node has had to be elongated as much as 28 nanometer has. And so I think this has expanded the knowledge base of, of, of these companies in that, hey, you know what, we're only getting – small, small, small improvements. I mean, right. certainly 28 nanometers had improved from when it was released to when it was now. But all the things that we have to do is going to be thought and design-based. And so that's actually a really cool thing in that they're doing more with less. And that's going to be a really 
good trend. You're trying to twist this future. into a positive, you son of a. I was oh, going to say, it's yeah, almost like it a positive is. trend. C- compare the maturity the- of a node to the point where every last bit can be extracted from it. Like the, the yeah. I'll make a hipster analogy here and oh, say the, the late period uh-huh. Super Nintendo era where you knew how to manipulate everything about that older sure. console and make Note some of the best games. And knowledge is power, damn it. Compare and the efficiency. they're going to apply these lessons learned to next generation products when yeah. they have. No, they won't. Process Josh. technology. They they won't. In, Intel has Intel didn't do that, and why would why would it, no? Well, it's not because gonna. Intel has the money to throw at process technology that they're a fourteen nanometer, and nobody else is. So somebody well, else, Samsung. A couple of people in the comments yeah, brought no, up um, uh, a trend, a negative trend of Nvidia's issues this year. The GTX 970, four gig, three and a half gig. It too. The whole GameWorks fiasco with a couple of games, right? Uh, And then they mentioned here lawsuits all over. I don't really know exactly what uh, lawsuits are referring to there. Basically accusing NVIDIA of being a bully in the ecosystem. And I wanted to say, was it we had the issue with AMD uh, and the Fury X and the pump wine and the not pump wine and, like, different variants so we had issues on both sides. Yeah, I mean, NVIDIA's... The- Everyone had issues this year. Everyone always has issues. Yep. Intel couldn't ship CPUs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, if we want to get... trend of the, the 2000s. Well, not, not only that, but they, they had... Uh, Intel had issues with the Z170 chipsets. They had to delay the launch for, what was it, a month, Ryan? Something like that? I don't know. I think they had motherboards ready for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I was Should we to th- go back in time... No. Shall we really go back in time? No. Back before AMD was really competitive, I really with said the K6, no. and especially the K7, if you looked at the roadmap of uh, Pentium 2 and beyond, where, what, what is, where is it this going? It was pathetic. It was really... <laughs> if this podcast like goes any longer, speed, we're going to have to go back features. in time to finish it last year. Half the features. And now we're at the same place where AMD is not actually providing any kind of competition. And where have you seen performance and features really grow from the 2600? You're, you're, you're making the argument of lack of competition in the x86 CPU exactly. space. Exactly. Yeah. I would, I would oh, say okay. this, is a, have this is a 2010. 2010s. Intel because they've, they've, yeah, they've, they've spent a lot of money on process technology and they've improved that and they've improved power. But if you were gaming on a 2600K right now and you said, hey, I can spend another 600 bucks to get a 6700K, would you do it? How about the worst trend in 2015 is that Batman game? Because it's not the processor performance you're buying, it's the chipset you're buying. (laughs) Exactly. And so that's that's kind of a nut punch in CPU-wise because in that same amount of time, 10 years ago, we have gone up triple in performance. Yeah, and now we're at like thirty percent increase. I, I mean, I don't. As, I don't disagree, but uh, yeah. Go ahead, Jeremy. I, as much as uh, the fact that everything from your teapot to your pacemaker is going on the internet now, and there's been absolutely no thought towards security of it. That's why I put the Internet of Things security in there. The depression that we were under when we had to pick the best CPU of this year. <laughs> Like we're actually, I, he makes true. a point. That's a good point. There really isn't one, and I don't want to pick one. 
I gotta say, it's e- even more depressing than the GPUs uh, being rebranded and not really getting much better. Is yeah, and the I, CPUs are a wasteland this year. I also, I guess, I should like lack of GPU upgrades isn't necessarily fair because I mean, you had the Fury X, the Fury, and the Fury Nano. Yeah, there but were they upgrades, weren't, but they weren't. They didn't go above the 980 Ti that was out before. But there it, were I guess. upgrades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Especially AMD. for their own product line. Yeah, uh, and they did put them back on the competitive the competitive scale. I think I'd be okay with the lack of competition in the x86 CPU I, space on this one. <laughs> Checkbox since like 2009. It needs to be phrased differently. <laughs> yeah. You think it needs to be phrased differently? I mean, it's nothing like. It's nothing new. Continued lack nothing new. of true competition. So let's put it this way: In 2015, did AMD release a single processor of note? Carrizo. Did AMD and release how many, a single processor how many of note in 2011? That have been based on Carrizo. Say again. How, how many products that you have reviewed have been based on Carrizo? Zero. Maybe one. Was there one? Maybe a reference thing at some point. Maybe. I don't think you've received I anything. I don't think no, I've no, had no, any. Go to one. Yeah, but I was just saying one to hedge my bets in case somebody pointed out that I was yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> it's definitely the worst trend. I just don't know if it's of this year. Well, of the decade. Worst I trend. think I think this is the high point of the well, lack of competition. Well, maybe, it's maybe, and we can hope that it's the last year. If Zen doesn't come out, then next year will be the high point. Or if Zen's a failure, next year will be the high point. No, no, no. Zen is not going to be a failure because they're sitting at <laughs> ground zero, essentially, yeah. right now with their products. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's going to be... <laughs> hey, remember, remember when uh, everybody continued to buy Athlon processors, even though, you know, they released... What is it? Bulldozer? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That Athlon was one of those people. Shit, actually. if they still sold the Athlon X6, it'd be a decent processor compared to their true. lineup. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's yeah, true. the 1100T. Yeah, the 1100T. Give me one of those. That was a 990FX. was a good processor. <laughs> All right, so I think we make it lack of competition in the XA6 space. We may uh, reword it in some way, Yeah. Um, but I do think that I guess that wins. And it really was Jeremy's stance that, you know, we did just lament the fact that we couldn't even pick a processor as our favorite, necessarily. At least we had a healthy discussion about GPUs. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's, yes, yes. I agree. And then Josh is lamenting about 28 nanometer people. He wasn't lamenting, he was praising. Being good for us, yeah. All right, so that that's it. So uh, a quick summary here: we have our best uh, uh, graphics card of 2015 as the Fury X, best CPU as the 6700K. Just to put this in, I didn't even put an asterisk by the 6700K. It was like it was <laughs> because you know what uh, Kurt Vonnegut had as the asterisk. No. Do you people even read? Yes, no. Yeah, occasionally. Joke. Is it on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> Wait just, a minute. Just Google Kurt Vonnegut. I'm going to start. How do I how do I spell that? <laughs> it's a K. B- Google B- autocomplete. B- <laughs> Breakfast of Champions. It was uh, a diagram. So CPU was 6700K. Storage best storage 2015 Samsung 950 Pro. Uh, the best case of 2015 the Fractal Design Define S. The best motherboard of 2015, the Asus Z170A. Uh, the best price drop, DDR4 memory. Mobile device, the Asus Zenfone 2. Uh, best trend, PC gaming popularity, 
increasing and the worst trend lack of x86 cpu competition uh so that's it for the 2015 we're going to close it out now i'm just kind of depressed well yeah we should probably not end on worst trend <laughs> next year we should end on best trend or something of that nature. Um, so that's going to be it for us for this year, guys. Um, make sure you go to PCPro.com slash subscribe and sign up for that mailing list so you can uh, be notified when we're going to do our CES live streams. Uh, the staff in attendance at CES this year will be myself and Ken and Alan, Josh and Sebastian. Yep. Uh, Sebastian doesn't know that as a new guy, he uh, gets the bed snuggles with Josh. Um, mm-hmm. no. Wait a minute. There might be more people doing bed snuggles because you have like how many people did you just rattle off that was five some five people two beds no no there's 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 so... two bedrooms and a pull-out couch oh okay oh, yeah. wow wow it's actually not bad yeah no it's it's a two-bedroom unit this year oh, we moved sweet. up in the world um uh and we will we'll so we get out there saturday i'll, I'll, still, I'll still bunk with sebastian okay, okay. We, we, uh, we get out there saturday we'll probably do a podcast at least on sunday where we kind of talk about our predictions for the week uh helps us test our audio equipment and why we still have, have bandwidth yeah uh and then we'll be start we'll be uh we actually have a meeting with lenovo on sunday anyway so then we'll we'll go forward from there um but again if you want to find all of our ces coverage we'll be at pcper.com slash ces uh, Logitech, we'll thank them preemptively. They're sponsoring our CES coverage this year, so props out to Logitech. Um, and uh, we'll be there. So we'll have lots of podcasts and lots of content from everybody. And Sebastian will have to uh, endure the hell that is Las Vegas for five days. Um, Welcome to the jungle. Hell uh, during CES. Five day trip. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. Three hour tour. Exactly. Uh, I can't wait. I know he's super excited. He loves the. You fly. guys make it sound so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> I just have, my vision is walking the show floor and checking things out. And that's no, not, no, there's no, there's none no. of that. There's only one, one, there one day no of walking. That. No, there's no, you, no. You never get to walk the floor and check things. It's usually, you, sh- you should have asked to stay an extra day, Sebastian. Walking the floor own. is usually beelining to the particular thing right. you need to go to. It is twelve. Getting min- really pissed at the people yeah. standing in the middle of the aisles, yes. just looking around. Josh, this year they they banned the rolling, rolling ba- the rolling oh, suitcase. I'm so happy. Yes. Yeah, but thank the security's God. gonna suck. Yeah, they're gonna go through extra security a lot this year too. Great. It's not like I have a bag full of stuff of lithium-ion batteries. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, guys. We'll see and you next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for hanging out. Here's to a fantastic 2016. Goodbye. Oh, wait. Good night. Am I supposed to? Happy New Year. Everybody just say bye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Happy New Year.